millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon, I've just realised I'm losing my voice a little bit. I'm, uh, <laughs> All that cheering for sale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the voice of JB in some, what can only be described as Where's Wally yeah. slash Rex Quando trousers. Rex Quando, I like that. <laughs> and uh, there's Phil, do you know the reference? Yeah, in Napoleon yeah. Dynamite. Yes. Right? Yeah. Good man. It was over my head. I do not know the reference. Have you yeah. ever finally, seen Napoleon Dynamite? Finally. No, uh, I, the, the list of films that I have not seen is extensive. Well, you should make sure Napoleon Dynamite isn't one of them. Purely for the Rex Quando scene. <laughs> it is a great scene. Um, do, do you remember Rob Jones in um, from Broughton Park? Uh, yes, he's also, um, to keep it rugby-based, uh, he's... MMU head coach, Coach right? of Manchester Metropolitan University, yep. Yeah, mm. so... Um, he used to tell us like what a great fighter he was and you know, how hard he was and all you know cl- classic braggadocious stuff. So we came up from that scene with Rob Quando. <laughs> <laughs> so every time we saw him, it was Rob Quando. You you got a little bit of Rob Quando one night, didn't you? No, I, I've, I've never got into a tangle with, uh, with, uh, with with Robert. I thought it was the club dinner, but maybe no, no, no. He has he's been in, in some tangles in the club club dinner. I've been in some tangles in the club dinner, <laughs> but not at the same never time. Never been in the tangle together. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got lots to discuss on this. Um, what this is going to be our European club general rugby based uh, podcast. We're going to have another one in the feed, which is our predictions and our, our brief thoughts on the England squad. It's quite exciting. That uh, hang on, is there an England squad? Are we predicting tomorrow? It? Oh yeah, I know that. Oh right, tomorrow. Yeah, we yeah. don't have the England squad. We do not. No, have we do not have it. Right. No. Do you want me to see if I can find it? Uh, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you will find it. Bearing in mind, um, Steve Borthwick in charge of Leicester Tigers, you couldn't find out which players were injured or not. Mm. You're not. There's no way you're going to find out <laughs> yeah. what the England squad is ahead of time. Not yeah, a chance. Because there often is leaks ahead of time with these things, but maybe not with Borthwick. I, I predict not with Borthwick. Mm. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Maybe twelve o'clock tomorrow. Uh, I assume it's something like that. Yeah, usually is it ten? Or, it's usually in the morning. Uh, yeah, I think it's normally like ten or eleven. Imagine the pressure on putting together your first England squad. Oh, it's awesome! It's like, uh, oh, it's like football manager for real. It's so Isn't good. It? <laughs> there was one time I think was it Stuart Pearce? Um, he got a job as a football man. His first job as a football manager. I can't remember who it was. But he sat in bed one night and he was writing, he was scribbling down formation ideas yeah, and stuff. Cool. And he said to his wife, oh my, I've come up with an amazing one. And she looked at it and went, 
Stuart, you've got 11 players on the pitch. I've got a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I would do. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And for more content, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers, which also helps support the podcast, keep the lights on, which is no mean or cheap feat these days. No, so it's not. We very much appreciate your help. And all this electrical gear which me and Phil walk away from sweating every night there's that much of it that's because it's uh, mining bitcoin when you're not here (laughs) (laughs) Um, any news what's going on any news well there has been a a room in the rugby paper I think this is fairly substantial Dave you was going to Ulster oh you heard that one I hadn't but I'll take it yeah now if if I'm Exeter I think I get rid of Stuart Hogg I think I get rid of Jack mm-hmm. Noll. I get rid of everybody to keep Dave Ewers. Yeah. I think he's their single most important player. Dave Ewers would be pretty far down the line. And I imagine, compared to the likes of Hogg, he'd be relatively cheap as well. Yeah. yeah. He will not be on Hogg money. And also Hogg. Hogg, Hogg money. <laughs> Hogg money. <laughs> ah, very good. So, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so Hogg cash um, is a lot. Uh, yeah, they've got... Oh, what's the young lad called who was absolute dynamite? Hodge. 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 Who looks like, like he's going to be okay. Yeah, and aren't they losing Kirsten? Or, yeah, uh, Janice Kirsten. Because you're going back, back to South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. yeah. Luke Howen Dickey's on the way out. Yeah. Sounds like Jack Knowles on the way out. A brace of Simmons could be once confirmed, once Simi. rumoured. Simi. Yeah. Well, one Simmons is definitely gone. I don't know about yeah. the other one. The what other are they going to do rumored. with the, like. Well, I mean, they have loads of cap room. So maybe they're looking for a massive rebuild. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but then. If they have got loads of cap room, surely they won't be letting go of all of these players at the same time. You'd, you'd keep some of the... You'd... Thing is, though, with I wonder if Dear Wars are going to start looking at their success in waves. So if you've got a team which is nearly there and it's not quite doing it, like Exeter Chiefs are not quite doing it, yeah. do you just blow it up all in one go? Do you just get rid of them all right now? Because otherwise you're sort of always going to be struggling to get into that top four. Are you going to be... Pre- you don't want to be perennial Northampton. I was just going to use Northampton <laughs> yes. as the example of I mean, think a lot of about Northampton teams this that week. have the, the cause of their, it's not demise, because far from a demise, but the cause of their lack of success has yeah. been hold, holding on to players for too long. Mm. Yeah, they're, middle, they're middling. They're not, it's not a demise. No. Well, no, because they, they got relegated But, but, but under Malinder, the, the reason ago. it all felt apart and they went from champions to Malinder you know, yep. a, a exit is because he he held on to those players for too long. That was in a non-salary cap environment where yeah. where you could. Well, uh, it was well. an it was official salary cap. Yes. but It wasn't There's, an enforced, yeah. salary, an enforced cap. salary cap. Although there was, was Northampton were Diamond. never accused of no. being one of the ones who. No, true. I think Steve Diamond would claim some credit for the Northampton's success because if you think about it, uh, F- Malinder, Burrell. Well, yeah, Malinder and Diamond basically leveraged all of their. Influence from their under twenties, England in the twenties and under twenty ones. So if you look at the Northampton side that did well or when they started to do well, they were f- full of young Courtney English. Laws, Corbs. Yeah, yeah, Corbs. Uh, well, well, London, London Irish. Ben Foden. Uh, Foden. They took Big Lou. Ke- did they take Keenan Mile? Keenan Mile. Um, uh, no, that was Sale Leeds, and then C- uh, Christian Day. Christian Day. Yeah, good show. You know, there, there was absolutely loads yeah. of them that sort of yeah. travelled down. So they well they had their finger well on the pulse of who was good, who was not. But in the way, but the reason it went wrong is because he kept on to those players and didn't regenerate. Yeah. And we've also seen Leicester when they just finally bearing it. They were only able to do it because there was no relegation and it yeah. was a bit of an unrealistic situation to be able to do it in. But fair play, he took advantage of the situation that was there and 
Yeah, and chopped off the dead wood. I'm not calling Dave Ewers dead wood, but what I am saying is maybe it actually points to someone who's not going to go the way of Malinder and Rob Baxter is going to continue as the elite DOR that he has been because he's he's doing root and branch well, s- surgery. The only thing that matters in rugby is winning the entire thing. So I don't think it matters if you come sixth. I don't matter, think it matters if you come eighth. I don't think it matters if you came in eighth this year and then seventh next. doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is winning the premiership now. So I wonder if Rob Baxter's like, well, okay, we're going to come sixth or we might get top four, but we're not going to be a good team. So let's get all the hard work done now, get them all out the door, and then we'll just rebuild. And I wonder if he's got a structure in mind. If you don't fit that structure, as in a, a number structure, salary cap structure, uh, um, top owners are this, middle owners are that, you're going you're to have to go and we'll just uh, find new And lots. with Exeter Chiefs, what I would say is that the people that you, if you were looking at that squad now and go, who do we not want to lose? You don't want, it would be a, a travesty if Richard Capstick is playing for another club in two yeah. years' time. Or Chris Chunza is playing for another club in oh, two he, years' he, time. Oh, he's going. He has to go, doesn't he? I mean, he probably does have to go. But you know what I mean? You, yeah. take, you take the point. There are there, there are he, players... Yeah, the Welsh rules mean yeah. he has to go, yeah, Although unfortunately. The, those Welsh rules might crumble. Yeah, but hopefully, because Gatlin's now king, um, dictator uh, in Wales. So it might it might change. But there you go. That, that, Richard Capstick has an example in, in the in the uh, Exeter back row. If, if he couldn't be accommodated and paid what he's worth, and he's not in the team in two years' time as a 26-year-old versus Dave Ewers as a 33-year-old... Then yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. The, yeah, the, the other, uh, another example. Uh, we mentioned Northampton, but another example of keeping players. Uh, it's a weird one, maybe too long, or maybe to the detriment of the club. Think of the the really good Quinns players, England Quinns players who yes. won the league in 2012. Oh, great shout! So Robshaw, Marler, Care, Mike Brown, Ugo, and probably others. Um, Nick Easter, probably in that, mm-hmm. who in 2012, certainly half of those guys would have been young, relatively up and coming. They all, because they were England regulars and they won the league, they all got these mega deals, which meant there was no cap room for anyone else. So they were all on three, 400k, yeah. which meant there's no money for anyone else. So you've got to keep guys that you've brought but if it's to your own detriment, if, it, if they're too expensive, it causes consequences elsewhere. It does. And that might be what Baxter's trying to avoid. Yeah, well, you know, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because there is another bit of news. Not huge news, but Dave Ribbons looks like he's on his way out. And this is exactly the sort of player who we're going to see leaving the Premiership left, right and centre. So Phil pointed out then that the Harlequins boys is like a bad model. I actually think that might be the model that a lot of clubs go back to now because... You can only retain the top talent if they're England talent. You can't well, afford to pay well, them, like so Kerr, Robshaw, etc. So you've got to rely on England to, to, to pay them. And I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad model, but if you end up paying them too much, if you pay over the odds to retain them, then it becomes a bad model. If you can get them for the right price, yep. then yes. there's a big advantage to retaining homegrown yes. talent. And I think they if, will do, right? If you pay over the odds, though, that's the problem. Yeah, and I think they will do. And the reason I think this is because... Well, because of the salary cap restraints, I actually think they're going to have a lower salary than they would have traditionally. And I think that salary will not be enough. So I think like Dave Ribbons, uh, Ribbons, Ribbons, however you say his name, right? Yeah, Ribbons, Ribbons. Yeah, and say, Same give thing. me another England second row. Cor- um, not Corning Laws, let's just say Launchbury. I reckon they'll be on a similar club salary. But the only reason that Launchbury stays in the club is because England top up his salary. Because he's in the elite squad. Yeah, which means... He'll be or paid when he's in the Lodgebury's not currently. 150k more than uh, more than more than ribbons, even though they're broadly the same on their club salary cap. 
that's why ribbons will go to France. I, I mean, you might say in England, I, I don't know, but that's why a player like that, the sort of the England quality but non-international player, will then start going. Yeah, it's the guys on the periphery, yeah. the guys who are perpetually in the England squad, will stay. Whereas the guys on the periphery, the likes of Sam Simmons or Dave Ribbons, Sam Simmons is a coin toss to be in the, the next England squad. Yeah, so he can guarantee he could take. Say, let's just make the numbers up. Let's say. 250 from Exeter and a potential 250 if he plays 12 games for England. Or he can say, well, I'll just take a guaranteed 500k from France. Exactly. Which, which would you take? Yeah. The guaranteed 500k. 500k from France. Yeah. yeah. And so it gets even more... So this is a point I made ages and ages and ages ago when the salary cap came down, which is the middle guys will go. Charlie Morgan, Telegraph, is calling this the squeeze middle. Mm-hmm. It's, ne- it's never been more, more obvious than it is uh, at the moment. Um, so... The problem with this is that, like those top players, now that the clubs are even more aligned than ever for England to pay them, it also means that the more at the mercy of England, should they change the rules or England turn around and say, hey, look, we're paying these guys almost half of their salary now because of your cap, right? So, oh, sorry, when I say their salary, I mean their entire earnings. And that's why they're staying with you. So actually, we don't want access to them, you know, the amount we've got. We want more access because you're going to be more and more aligned on your big stars. So actually... I think the the future of the Premiership could be quite bleak if they don't look at raising the salary cap. Mm. Relatively, I don't mean massive raises, but they're going to have to look at something. Well, they are year after next, aren't they? Yeah, because the Ribbons mm. and Co are, are, are going to go, and the RFU are going to get their pound of flesh from their internationals. So what and happens next? If you Just because they raise the salary cap, it doesn't mean you have to spend up to the salary cap. Yeah. Some, well, some like clubs, Newcastle are well under it now. Currently, and having jettisoned... I don't know, 150, 200k in George McGuigan mid-season, they'll be even more under it. Yeah. But they're, but they're still getting results. They're still, they're still winning games. So one last boring thing, and I'll let you move on to real actual meaty <laughs> rugby. Okay. But this is not my idea. This is the idea of um, Mark Evans, right? Um, so I'm not going to claim it. But for every England player that you get, you get cash from England, right? Uh, which is excluded from your salary cap. Now I can't remember exactly what like, like what the number is. Say say it's hundred k, right? Yeah, so, I think. Yeah, I think is it fifty k? Yes, what, whatever it is, whatever yeah, it is, yeah. whatever it is. So you got your salary cap, player credits, and then you get your player credit, right? And that player credit is there, so you can spend that money on replacements for your players when they go on international duty. What do you think happens to that credit in in reality? Gets given to the players. Gets given mm-hmm. given to the players, right? Because so, they know. You've yeah. got an extra fifty k, so I want an extra. Sure, it's hundred k. It might be. Yeah. yeah. So the agent walk- they offer they offer more money to keep them in the anticipation that they'll get that money to offset. Yes, their, exactly. Some of their, some of their salary. Like, yeah. Oh, you got hundred k of extra England money? Have you? I think I'll have that. Yeah. So instead of giving it all to the clubs, eighty k per player. There we go. Instead of giving it all to the clubs that produce the most players, what if you just got that amount and divvied it up? I was going to say by thirteen, but it's no longer thirteen clubs by eleven or or by 12, to reduce the incentive to send England players, but increase the incentive for every club in the league to have their three favourite England players um, in, each, yeah, in each team. I like that. I like that. It's mm. good. It's actually a really good way to segue into uh, the rugby from what you've just been talking about with an email here. Ju- literally just got it mm. um, from Alexander Peake. Peakey. Uh, thank you very much, Peakey. Pico. Uh, he says, Evening, fellas. Love the pod, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on Premiership compared to the URC and Top 14. 
Um, he says, pundits and commentators have waxed lyrical about how competitive the league, as in the Premiership, has been this season. Mm-hmm. I think this is a misunderstanding. The league may be more, quote, competitive in that most teams can beat any other team, Saracens and Sale aside, perhaps. But this is only because the ceiling has been brought down. All of the Premiership teams have glaring failures, mainly in physicality and defence. Again, Sale and Saracens aside. This leaves them unprepared for Champions Cup. The England players for Test and the England players for Test Rugby, even Saracens and Sale, have struggled against non-Premiership opponents. A little stat from this weekend's uh, round to drive home the point: the Premiership Premiership sides have conceded thirty-three points on average. Yeah, I can I say about that? I think that's a br- brilliant email. I think he's absolutely nailed it. The ceiling's definitely come down. So the way like, I view r- rug- communism, c- rugby communism, rugby communism. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> But I would also say this, it's just made people think more. So I believe now that the authorities in rugby, or the guys that run rugby clubs, have got to decide where they want to be bad. So as, uh, Chris, as Chris Boyd says, what makes, go, what makes the boats go faster? So in his mind, he likes to play beautiful attacking rugby. That's why Northampton are so beautifully coached and good at what they do. And so dreadful at the things that they don't do. Northampton are the perfect premiership team because it encapsulates what the salary cap changes have done. I actually quite like it. As a, a spectacle, I quite like it. But I also do appreciate that the teams are nowhere near... Uh, yeah, that's the difference. I think the teams in the premiership are actually better than the URC teams and to a, a degree, some of the French teams at the things they decide to do, but they're far less rounded and they're far less deep. So I think they're, they're really well coached. Uh, Northampton, you know, I don't think anyone plays as nice rugby as Northampton. But it doesn't win games though. It certainly doesn't in the um, in uh, European competition this no. this year. They have they are three and zero. If you look at the unbeaten teams um, thus far, there's two from the Premiership, two from top fourteen, and two from URC. There's two from the Premiership. Yeah, Leicester Tigers, Saracens, and Leicester. Wow, yeah. There's La Rochelle and Toulouse, uh, okay. first, first and second in Pool B, and then Leinster and the Sharks, the other Sharks. Uh, right, okay, there you go. So, uh, draw from that what you will. Um, be interesting to see how many from each make it through to the uh, quarters, semis, and finals. So I, I just think there is such a glaring gap between the best teams in the competition to lose Leinster, La Rochelle. La Rochelle. Any, anyone else? To we, add to yeah. um, Sharks. Maybe. Sharks, Sharks have, their pack is an international pack. Mm. Um, yes. Shark, sharks have to be up there. So I put Sa- sharks, Saracens and those four, and then, and then Saracens are not far off. So I, I put them into the five. I put sharks and Saracens into the same sort of like one A category. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see those two play each other because I think that'd be quite a nice matchup. Matchup. Yeah. Um, and then Leicester are the so that we've just we've just listed the unbeaten teams. Um, Leicester are the other one. I don't think they're quite of that caliber, no. but they have been. They've been eking those wins out. Yeah, in, and, and in so Europe. winning Claremont again, it was was impressive. Albeit, uh, and, and it's not to denigrate that that performance whatsoever, but it's not Claremont of it's not years gone by, is it? I was watching that game thinking, have Claremont and La Rochelle just embody? They've they've just like flipped mm. positions. Mm. They were these like relatively small town um, French clubs. That had like the passion of the town behind them. Both got the yellow tin, and ten years ago, 
uh, Claremont were perpetually at the top of Europe in the top 14. Now La Rochelle are in that position and Claremont are they're, they're nearer the bottom than the top. I, I don't understand. I mean, I, I don't pretend I know anything about French rugby. I don't. Well, uh, I don't know what's happened at Claremont. Have they run out of money or something? What's the... I, 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 what's I, I was actually... When I was having that thought, I was also thought, I wish I knew someone who was really in-depth into French rugby to say... Either yes, that's right, or no, you're completely wrong for these reasons. Like, explain the, the rise think, and the fall. I think there's a bit of the, they've done what Jim Mallinder did. He's ha- they've held they've held on to players for too long. Well, they, there's, there was a few like Fofana was there for ages. Um, who's the, the lanky um, Rougerie was there for ages. Fritz Lee's been knocking around for yeah forever. There, yeah, maybe maybe there is a bit of that. Do you know, I, I much prefer talking about things like this and actually. Uh, uh, natural games <laughs> so like what is your preferred method of squad construction is it two new faces every year or you know, you know gradual drip feed into the team or is it just waves of waves of kids that start off rubbish and then get better I don't know it's you've got to see what you've got because it's you, depending on if you've got say a brace of curries coming through the ranks mm, you want to you want to throw those into the mix ASAP but you might not have that for you might get a brace of curries or a brace of um, good, strong back rows like once every four or five years. So it's, it's waiting for the time to be right and identifying the talent. Jules Plisson is still in the yeah. match day squad. Exactly. Match day 23. Oh, so so I've got some, I've got a little bit of information of who we think might be in the England squad for later. I don't want it to cloud my own prediction. I'm not going to say now. Yes, don't, don't say now. My own prediction. Well, three names. Oh, I've got a name that you'll love. So we're going to do that. Love. We're going to do that on a separate pod, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Nice tease though for the next pod. Yeah, JB. good. I like that, JB. Oof, excellent. I like that. By the way, uh, contact TedChasers at gmail dot com. That yeah. was that was a proper European match, though, wasn't it? That Leicester win in Claremont. It was great, it, it was great TV. Great yeah. TV. Great um, TV and Leicester getting the result despite the, the number of players that they are missing, and even during right. the game, the number of players I, they're missing. I hate this. And you've got to stop it. You've got to stop it. You've got to stop it. Um, they're missing loads of players. Yeah, the commentators have got, have got to stop it. The game on Friday night, right, a whole build-up to it was about who was not playing. The game is about who is playing and oh, what they yeah, can do. So I, I, agree I, with I, so I agree with I that. that. I agree in the commentary, but yeah. it's... this. The point is a relevant one for this game. I just think... Like, it's it, not... It doesn't need to be... Yeah. Overlaboured, but yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. I actually, I thought, it, I thought the production and the program was brilliant, but no, I, no, no, the, but, I, no nothing wrong but, with that. But, but, but on, a, on a similar point, I had this. I'm exact, more angry with you I, two than I am with that. I had this, <laughs> I had this exact conversation with. It was like, oh, I can't even remember what game I was working on. It was, what was it? Leicester. I can't remember who did Leicester play. Was it Leicester? Oh yeah, it was Leicester up at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh. had exactly the same conversation, and I remember chatting to the. Yeah, no, but we didn't. If you notice. No, no, it, we did, and B, we, we BT did. didn't. BT didn't yeah. in, the, in the build-up, and I remember having this conversation with the producer and going, "No, I, I know they're missing Montager and Visa. We know that, but this is this. But let's just celebrate the people that are here. Look, look at yeah, these, yeah. Look, the we, opportunity for the players. So, so we t- so we we went big on Carreras. Yep, and he went. And he was he went and had an amazing game. So yes. yeah, but I agree with you. Yeah. When you when you're there in the game, building up to it, you like make me excited, make me feel like this is the biggest that, thing ever. You know, now, to me. I look at that as people are saying like the Leicester Tigers team isn't isn't a good team. You're missing VC, missing Montoya, so on and so forth. I was looking at them like, look at these kids that they're bringing through. Well, that, that's that's the point I was making in yeah. showing when you're missing Visa and you're missing Dan Cole and you're missing Nick Dolly and Montoya. Um, 
look at the guys who are actually performing away at the Stade Marcel Michelin in those circumstances. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Uh, so, you know, Leicester are, and I said this the other day, they are stockpiling some massive men. Some massive men. And when they all fill, fill out, hopefully not simultaneously, because they're going to have to hand out, it's going to be very awkward uh, contract negotiations. Because you've got Chesham, you've got Martin, you've got the younger Chesham. Um, you've got, uh, who's the kid that played this week? Ileone. Ileone is an absolute the... monster. I mean, they're all monsters. And they're all going to want massive money, broadly speaking, at the same time. Mm. So, yeah, yeah and, look, I always yeah, think... George Martin adds that list. I think if Leicester Tigers are in a tussle, right, and they are, you know, it's a five-point game or it's a seven-point game, Visa is going to be vital, Montoya is going yep. to be vital, but ultimately Leicester Tigers will win or lose based on their systems and processes but, and what they've trained just, on. Just listen, the, think about the size of some of their backline. Andre Pollard, Dan Kelly, Matt Scott, Freddie Stewart. That's a big <laughs> backline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I, do you know? Like, I've been waiting to see Pollard actually play a game because I've not been uh, so far. It's been underwhelming. Hasn't it? One of the best, so-called best fly halves in the world has showed up at Leicester. He's done roughly nothing. I thought he looked, there was there were glimpses of something I think could, that could be fairly fairly special going forward. Did he give? Am I right in thinking he gave the pass back inside for Stewart for the? Uh, Scott's second try. Matt Scott's second try. Off the top of the line out. Yeah. He yeah. drifted. Um, I'm sure, I think it was him. That, that was a lovely touch. Which, which was your favourite try? That? The best tries? Because the, the no, Kelly Simmons and, try. Kelly, yeah, Kelly and Cronin, Cronin were cross up, um, crash overs. Scott's first try was an intercept with a couple of minutes on the clock. It was then Scott's second try and the Simmons try where he, he dances round Racker. That was Racker. Rasker was useless. Oh, he did well, some cool things. He did some well, really good things. He so, was useless. At, well, he's useless at the things he's useless at. Defense, at the things he's good at. Yeah, defense, not great. Attack, he looked amazing, which is um, fairly standard for Ali Veretti Rakka. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Look, uh, he's got to stop Simmons, right? He, he's he's just got to like he was just so woeful in defense. They, they played like barbarians. So when they wanted to go forward, they had some danger, but they had no grit about them. They had no organisation in D. And when they did go forward, it felt like they only went forward successfully. Kind of like London Irish, really, just off the back of talent, which they happened to <laughs> have on the field at that time. Nothing to do with the coach. Which blows my mind, actually, because here's another one for you. John O'Gibbs has been linked to Leinster, I think. Interesting. Yeah, now, so John O'Gibbs has been at Claremont for two years. They don't look like a good team. Yeah. He wouldn't yep. be. Wouldn't they got John O'Gibbs and Rory Teague. Mm. They, maybe they've. Uh, they, uh, maybe they went away from the French blueprint. Maybe that's where it all went wrong. But like, John O'Gibbs is steeped in French rugby, is he not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is, yeah. That, is this his second stint at Claremont? He's been at La Rochelle. He was at Ulster for a little while. He was. He, he left to go back to. Uh, because of like issues at home, and then he popped up a month later in La Rochelle on twice oh, the money. Convenient. I think it was. There was something a bit fishy about it. Mm. I mean, look, he's got a hell of a CV mm. uh, as a coach. I've actually seen him up close coaching. Have you? I have, when he's at La Rochelle. Scrum coaching? No. Um, it was him, O'Gara, and I was sat in the gantry up at Sale. Oh, yeah. So the, it's literally, it, it was literally just me on a little school chair, and it's, it's O'Gara, and there is um, Jonu Gibbs next to me. Yeah. Uh, literally as far as Tim is, and that's the whole thing in in the country. And they were going wild. 
Like for all the KBA and thoughtful coaching chat, they were going absolutely mental. So, uh, yeah, he's not the calmest man that I've ever seen (laughs) coach a team. The only person I've seen shout more is Gustard. So Gustard and his... Gustard and his uh, assistant coaches at the time, when they do the press conferences, it's like, yeah, we just want to make a decision for the players to make the best decisions that they can do. It's all on them. When you're next to him watching, all he's doing is shouting, we told you not to do that. Why would you make that decision? Why would you do that? That makes no sense. So what he actually says and what he wants to happen are two very, very different things. Um, Here we go. In March 2018, he announced he was leaving Ulster to return to New Zealand for family reasons. However, in June 2018, less than three months after his departure, it was made public um, he would become the head coach of La Rochelle in France. Mm. Disappointing. Isn't it? Yeah. What is it? What's more disappointing, that he, for him that he went to La Rochelle or that he then left La Rochelle? Um, yes, well, maybe, maybe La Rochelle wouldn't have been where they were, where they are currently. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. Before we move on to another game, I, I love... That some of the oh, so he, sorry, he must have brought Ogara with him then. He must have employed Ogara. I thought it was the other way around. Uh, uh, yeah, he was there before Ogara. It doesn't mean he employed Ogara. Well, they were yeah. there together. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, I love emails like this. Uh, Guy Van Groening. Or Groening. Apologies, I've probably said that. Hello, Guy. Guy. But anyway. Uh, Dear Eggies, which is a new <laughs> one. <laughs> I quite like that. Uh, love the pod. I really do. About 36 and shorter than Cheslin Colby. I hope I haven't left it too late to start. I hope, Yeah, I hope I haven't left it too late to start playing again. But in the meantime, I was taken by a pod recently where you said that contributing to your local club doesn't always have to be on the pitch. So I went and took some photos for my local team, Sheffield. Oh, excellent. Awesome. Ooh, na- which one? In, uh, Sh- Sheffield RU- uh, RUFC. In their narrow, narrow loss to Hollyoaks Extras, Chester RUFC. <laughs> 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 Getting these photos made my day and helped ease the pain of the absolute cluster F that was the second half of the Chiefs match. Thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> Some good photos. And mm. how good is that? What you got someone who was listening to the podcast and is now going to his club and take some photos. Take love it. Good work. Do, do you know, brilliant. like, love it. Like the photos that Gaynor Duffy used to post up for Broughton Park with a highlight of the weekend. Trying to get a good clip of yourself. For yeah. Your profile picture. Looking stacked. Yeah. Your yeah. Twitter profile picture is still. You, it's, you, the two you know, of you, isn't it? I've actually. No, or it's not. It ch- has it changed? No, because I've cropped him out. <laughs> but in the original it is you chasing me and I look absolutely stacked <laughs> but that's from like 10 years ago I've, I've got a new one now. I might because that's a Broughton Park picture I might change it for my new um, Talk H Talk H one yeah um, not Sedgley Legends or Mako Sharks or Mako Sharks no I won't put posted Mako Sharks or, uh, if there's a good picture somewhere I'll, I'll, I'll put up one for Mako uh, Sharks oh, and just before we depart um, Leicester Claremont uh, I've got I've got to play this little clip I forgot who, who, who sent us the email it was from Fred, Fred Hughes. Thank you very much. Contact headchasers at gmail.com. And he said, uh, and it's relevant to our podcast because JB is barefooted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for his OnlyFans, he said he wonders if Austin Healy might be one of your subscribers to your OnlyFans foot channel because he sounds like he has a, a foot fetish. If you listen in just a moment, you hear his, as Fred puts it, you can hear Austin Healy's vinegar strokes. Unfamiliar places as now. Oh. Simmons in, out, try. What a finish that is. Oh, <laughs> nice. Do you remember when we first started the podcast? I'm certain Austin Healy listened. I mean, I, I know you know him, but uh, 
and he would never admit to it. But I'm sure he listened. I reckon so. I'm I, sure he did, you know. I will never forget, early on in the podcast, it must have been 2015 World Cup, although it seems like it was earlier than that. I know what you're going to say. Austin Healy love, oh, wrote an article oh, yeah. in the paper that was predicting, so he gave predictions for the winners of the World Cup, and he assigned probabilities to all of them. Only the probability, he gave like uh, New Zealand 85% probability South Africa, 74% probability. <laughs> Australia. And we, <laughs> and we pointed, I'm sure we got a response to him we on did. Twitter. We and did. it was like an angry response. I'm sure he said, he basically gave a response that did not make mathematical sense in much the same way that his percentages did not make mathematical, perce- um, mathematical sense. I don't know. He, he might see, uh, he, he sees... He sees numbers like Neo in the Matrix. Like he's a very successful His rugby, his rugby knowledge. I think he's one of the best pundits. He sees oh. things that other people do not see. Well, I'm not sure those numbers were quite right. Yeah, though. I, I go with you on that. <laughs> he might have been, might have been wrong. Um, just on that occasion, and also because of his expertise, there's good interviews. I loved the Wigglesworth interview. Yeah, it was great. It really was good. Did, I didn't. See, I didn't see that. Yes, I advise going back and watching Ooh. it. It was one of the better interviews I've seen in a long yeah. time. Um, someone who does listen uh, both to uh, podcast and to, as I found out, my radio show, because Toby Flood, Taulupe Flood, um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the nicest guys in rugby. He really is. He was like, he, he went. So you, you you changed shift on Virgin Radio. What's what's the story there, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening to you this afternoon, Tim. Oh, were you? I was. Well, great. Good, good to hear. Some, Phil. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but uh, no. But so he's he's just finished his MBA and he's going through job interviews at the minute. But uh, yeah, I had a good chat with him. Just such a lovely man. But, yeah, um, he's such mm. a good such a good guy. So Leicester, they're looking. I mean, they've had a good campaign so far. I think they're up against it against the the Ospreys ne- next week. But they'll they'll qualify regardless. Yeah, they'll qualify regardless. What's going I, on with the Welsh teams all winning? I don't know. I, I thought Ospreys might win. In fact, I think I might have even, even predicted it, um, based on nothing, really. Uh, well, based on the fact that Montpellier were a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, but they're still point. French champions. And yeah. they're still Ospreys. I mean, God knows how this happens. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the question I was going to ask is, like, I, how far can Leicester go in this competition? Because I don't see it lasting much longer. No. To get a home semi-final, they'll get... Got caught uh, oh, last 16. Uh, last, yeah, but is, that not, is it two-legged? No, no, it's not, not, no not, not this year. Okay, so that will be of benefit because they'll be playing one of the lower seed, uh, lower seed teams, but I think that's their limit. I do as well. I think so it's... quarterfinals will be they're, it, they're just spread is, too thin. Decent, which is decent. It, it, it is. It is. Um, uh, email here from Martin Lewis. Uh, title, uh, the subject, Toby Booth is an amazing coach. Love the pod, blah. Uh, in light of the Ospreys win over Montpellier, I just wanted to point out what a great job Toby has done for us. Taulupe. Uh, Taulupe <laughs> Booth uh, has done for us. The spirit within the team is evident to see. Everybody is fighting hard for each other, especially when you consider 32 of our players are out of contract and due, due, to, the si- um, and due to the signing embargo imposed while the WRU drags out the funding negotiations, they can't even start negotiating. Oh, so we're God. putting in performances like that while not knowing if they'll be employed after May. The WIU should hang their heads in shame, and I'd fully support the players if the rumours of them going on strike for the Six Nations is true. Yep. Sorry, I know this is a long one, but can I also praise Leicester Tigers as a club? I'm going there next week. It will be my dad's first live match since suffering a stroke, and the help they've given me, even as an away fan, has been brilliant, and the setup of the hotel um, built at the ground 
where we're staying makes it a great venue. That's pretty cool. Fantastic. That's very cool. Yeah. Thanks for your time. And if Tim's there next week, I'll try and buy you a pint. I am there next week, Martin. And you will oh, buy me a pint, Martin. Yes, you will buy me a pint, Martin. Awesome. What will you send one of your people over to grab it for him? <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to grab it from him, sorry. <laughs> uh, did either of you see this game, the Ospreys Montpellier? Did not. No. I so did I've, not. I've only seen the highlights. It's looked like a fantastic win because Montpellier, they are massive, obviously, with Lamisatelli and uh, Paul Valemsa, who was. He, he was carrying hard, as as you might expect. Does and, he carry any other way? And Zach Mercer, but he was very effective in the carrying. One observation, um, right, a few observations, but one important one. Um, so, Alan Wynne Jones, mm-hmm. absolute legend, um, aging a little bit, but yep. he's, he's still in tremendous shape. Yep, he really looks after himself. How old is he? Thirty. Seven, he really looks 38. after himself. He, he, well, he pays no attention to what his hair looks like. Well, oh, so <laughs> my point, there is another man who it, I think played from the highlights, um, and I don't actually know if he got man of the match, but he probably should have just based on the highlights, um, Justin Tipperick. He did. He was an absolute menace at the breakdown. He gave the final pass for the Cuthbert try, his crossfield kick and then his gather Jeez. for his own try, which yeah. he picked the ball up of his off his own toes it's ridiculous isn't it but his rig is appalling he's playing like that his rig <laughs> I was not is, expecting that twist his rig is the equivalent of Alan Wynne Jones's hair <laughs> it's that disgusting he's held together with sticky tape but he's putting in performances like that he is amazing wow I did not see that twist I'm not going to say he is He's no. such a professional. Speaking no, of rigs, did you see... Oh, the no. hair analogy for Justin Tipperick's rig is Alan Wynne Jones's hair. He's that brilliant. Yeah. Uh, did you see the picture of... Oh, you've definitely seen the picture of Exeter Chiefs away in South Africa with all their rigs out. Yes. Yeah. All their sunburn out. Yes. The, sun, the sunburn is awful. It is awful. What's, <laughs> what's very noticeable about Exeter Chiefs, and I think it's their conditioning coaches, they're very square shapes. Mm. So there's not, there's not many of the, um, the like bodybuilder V... You've got Ooh. lots of very boxy, square, powerful, powerful, hard, big rumps, big rump. Yeah, the big rumps. lots of deadlifting. Yeah, no, I mean you think about it. Like so, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna train in the gym before playing rugby, you may as well do chest, right? Because thinking about it, as well, what do you use for rugby? You use basically your legs, and that's about it. I mean, there's not really much of a need for chest, is chest. there? Just the, a handoff, maybe. Elliot Daly d- definitely does a lot of chest based on his handoff. The handoff is actually maybe one of the few things that you use, but you don't use it for scrimmaging. I mean, you don't use it for, <laughs> don't use it for jackling. What do you, you don't use it? Just like grip strength would be one, wouldn't it? Just hang off a rig. Yeah, hang off a rig. Or <laughs> just be, they've been able to hold onto a ball in contact. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So yeah, that, that's why you do chest day on a Fridays. Yeah. Well, am I, I end them up here. So, it is, so pro- I think the best do, do you know what I mean when picture. I say they're quite square? There's, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I do think some of that is rugby conditioning. In season, you don't want to be too lean. Like, you you want the you want your armour on. A little bit, a little bit yeah. of padding. Um, yeah, Hayden yeah. Thomas looks great. Hayden Thomas looks good. One Sam, of the coaches Sam Simmons. Good, yeah. Sam, Sam, Thomas, yeah. Sam Simmons looks, like, solid, doesn't he? Yeah, solid, but a little bit, little bit around the midriff to give him that, that power and that yeah. cushioning. Yeah. Dave Ewers, I'm actually quite impressed. There's a bit of definition on the abs, which at 130 kilos yeah. is suspicious. There's, there's not many people <laughs> who can have some definition. It's not it's not huge definition. Uh, the, the one I'm incredibly disappointed, actually two. Ollie Woodburn is like he's front row, which means you should get a great look. But yeah. he, he's squatting down, so we can't can't see because I'm, I'm certain Woodburn's got a great rig, and uh, Chris Shunza 
You can see right, the, yeah, the traps. You can see the pecs, the delts, the biceps. Amazing. Everything else is hidden, yep. which is oh, high, just criminal. So what are you doing? Although I will say, I'm looking now at Sam Simmons and Joe Simmons, and my my uh, Marine Corps and Deloitte comment is 100 percent accurate. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, that picture is not the only time that um, some of Extra Chief's physicality was hidden. Because it seems to be they hit, him, hit, hit it quite well against the Sharks. Well, at times, at times. Oh, the Bulls, sorry, the Bulls. Bulls. Now, is it worth, because this is the first game that we're going to come on to with a red card. Just is it worth clumping them all together? Getting the red cards out of the way. Do you know what? Before we, yes, it is. But very briefly, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's go from uh, before red cards and then back into some rugby. Um, I, I don't want to go too far into the podcast before we mention some of the local grassroots. Oh, nice oh what a good idea. Nice. What a great so idea. I, I just want to, I'm, I'm really taken with the experience I had earlier today. Uh, one of the few places where there was any games on today um, at Duckinfield Rugby Club. Why did you like Duckinfield Rugby Club out of interest? So Duckinfield is in, uh, to the east of Manchester in quite a... Um, not not poor's not the right word. Quite a work, a very working class part of Manchester, right? A oh, I would I would go as far to say working class and maybe yeah, maybe a bit more. Just maybe like more? salt of the earth, working yeah. class, yeah. east of Manchester stock. So yeah. the sort of places where uh, and this turned out to be the case where to keep a rugby club going it takes no small effort from a lot of people. And all week, this guy, uh, the coach of their teams, would go, no, our pitches will be fine. They'll be fine. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get the game on. The pitches drain quite well. It'll be all right because it's been biblical rain all week and there's no games at Broughton Park this weekend because it's all underwater. Mm. Anyway, um, we got there and it was, a, it was a total bog. Brilliant. It was like lads were coming off caked in mud. You yeah. couldn't tell the difference between the two teams, but they had a, they had a cracking game. And Duckinfield managed to get a bare 15 players out. They had a couple of under-14s playing up a year to uh, to get a team out. They stuck at it the whole way, and it and it's this little pokey old school clubhouse that feels like the sort of place where they'd have a great lock in, just, <coughs> just shut the shutters and, and get on it all night. And it's all shuttered up too. Yeah, you it's all, that. all shuttered yeah. up. And I, I just, I just thought this is this is what rugby this is what rugby's about. This these this is a club that to get that bare fifteen lads out on the pitch to get then get beaten forty eight nil by by our team but keep going the whole time mm. was and then keep smiling and then they all had a big group photo afterwards in the mud it was awesome it was just um what, what rugby's about and I, and I loved it and I thought it the effort like, like I say the effort to get those 15 lads out is absolutely massive from loads of parents volunteers the club and it's exactly what you talk about JB it's a club understanding what it's Give the offer. Local roots are and and play into those and yeah, I just came away just kind of feeling that that I don't care about the result. It was just it was just a heartwarming like rugby so, experience. Why is Duckinfield important to a certain very well known coach in rugby union? Mike Ford. Correct. Mike Ford. Mike Ford. Yeah, I get just because of geography. Yeah, Mike Ford did his sort of conversion from rugby league to rugby union coaching at Duckinfield. Mm. So this must be like a couple of decades ago now. But, yep. you know, that's kind of why why I think of it. I've had some great games in Duckinfield. I mean, usually when I've gone there, it has been like a second team game. We had them pre-season for Talk H a few years ago. Um, that was a good game. And we had an absolute hell of a game against them for Broughton Park. It's like a Broughton Park third team, but we had like five, five first teamers. 
and then the rest are like you know just doing you have a complete mix and i think we got beaten quite handily they had this fly half and with like in you know kindest will in the world didn't exactly look like a fly half uh a little on the andy good side one might say um and he played just as well as andy good actually just pinged us into every, every single every single corner yeah, uh, good, good bunch of boys there. Always enjoyed, always enjoyed going. It's, it was nice. And bearing in mind that um, that there are areas where that there are traditional rugby hotbeds where teams are struggling. This is like not in a rugby union hotbed at all. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because I always think of that side of Manchester as actually pretty rugby union. I mean, it there's a lot of rugby league there. Because you go over the M60 and you're not quite an old, but you sort of got Ashton. They've got they used to be pretty good at good good at one point. They're not now. They used to be pretty good. Uh, Oldham are always uh, um, are always tough. Probably the toughest team in our league is still Old Winians. Mm-hmm. You can turn over anyone at any time. You go down to Old Winians, and that's an absolute belting club. I mean, it really is a good club. I've got a lot. I've got a lot of time time for them. So like, it's not. I think the difference is they don't have like a big private school to feed into. But what they do have is they've got this nice mixture. Nor, nor to Broughton Park, by the way. We're, we're all we're all, we've we've got a team, well, uh, we've got well, a team of lads that don't play rugby at school. Well, I mean, except except your director of rugby is from Sebba, and except for your two uh, halfbacks are from Sebba. No, no, uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, our, I mean, no, I'm saying, I'm oh, saying, I'm just, our I'm, under fifteen. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just level things out. There's quite a lot of uh, our under fifteen. Our under fifteen team, Raffy Quirks, Broughton Park under fifteen team, yeah. which, which won its tenth game in a row today. Yeah. So yeah, ten, uh, ten straight wins. Up that side of Manchester, very, very, very tough, and they utilise their rugby league connections quite, quite, quite well too. So yeah, it's an interesting mix, but they don't yeah. have that. I think they don't have that club which is sort of taking that next step yet into level six or level five. Right, well, I had a good uh, local rugby experience this weekend. But oh, yeah? ba- went back to Sedgley Park to watch them against watch the Tigers against uh, Harrogate. Um, well, that is a good game actually. Well, Harrogate oh. second from bottom, Sedg- oh. Sedgley um, unbeaten. <laughs> So it it wasn't wasn't the best game. Did they lose a playoff or something last year, Sedge? Like in third? Doesn't matter. Might, Doesn't have, matter. Come th- might have come third. Mm. Yeah. What, 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 but, tell me about your Saturday. But it, it, just a good fun day. So went for the um, went for drinks and meal beforehand. So there, hour hour and a half early. Good good dinner. Good feed. Few drinks. Some um, interesting and risque jokes told by Ernie Neely. One of the uh, <laughs> the old boys, and a, a, a nice little speech from the Harrogate president, and then a good game, which Sedgley won a, a very strong win, but a good game that Sedgley won. And you finished thirty nine uh, seven. And are you but, like a, a Sedgley celeb now? No, not at all. <laughs> oh, it's not fun. at all. Well, one of our old players, uh, egg, he does egg chasers. Not at all. Not uh, as in not even in the slightest. Um, although JB did get a shout out, get in when we were th- when I was there, um, because one of the boys, well, quite a few of the boys that we played with in the Legends with were mm. there, um, but one of them, um, Ben Black, oh yes, who got mentioned on the pod, who was he was having a, he was rested this week for for big game next week, um, and he, so he was having the pre match dinner and maybe a couple of pints in the bar watching the game, and he said uh, so in our pod. Um, just after the Legends game, you said um, suggested he might be 120 kg, and, <laughs> and I said he might be a bit more than that. What is he? Well, he's given you an invitation. He said you're welcome to come down to Sedge to weigh him anytime. To Excellent. Pick, <laughs> pick him up and weigh him. The Sam, the Sam Simmons treatment. He said 
It's actually closer to 140. Oof, <laughs> wow, he is massive. Wow. He is a big bo- he is a big BSP. Big uh, strong boy. And just on on the local rugby thing, let me just quickly mention this email from a uh, friend of the pod long t- uh, friend of the pod long time listener, uh, Joe Riley, who refed his oh, first yes. match in Good 6 lad. months on Saturday. Good he, lad. He had a, he had a very tough uh, year the last year and it was all, and all he's seen in the, in his time out of the game was refs getting ragged in the media. And uh, and he was it made him a bit worried, thinking that maybe I won't bother with that. But he did absolutely loved it. Refereed Farnborough v Kingsclear in the Hampshire, in the Hampshire leagues, the Pro- Airshow Cup. Yeah, proper contest in the mud, and the ensuing shower pint and observing the boat race uh, was a, a cracking afternoon. He said, "I'm sure there'll be someone listening who's teetering on stopping refing, but stick with it." And remember, community rugby, real rugby, needs, ah. so, needs someone with a whistle, no matter how well, many mistakes uh, they make. Uh, well, just just on Joe Riley. I I owe him some rugby shirts. Um, I promised him that when I eventually get my loft on and clear out all my wardrobes, um, I will give him a few um, rugby shirts because I think he was building a bit of a sports bar uh, it's, lounge. It's 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 built but not fully decorated. So well, yeah, he, he's he's timing. faster with his um, bar area construction than my loft. So it, hopefully, maybe six to eight weeks away from PC on, on my works. So I've got things to say about Marlow. I've got things about to say about <laughs> Aylesbury, my boys get on? Bolton, uh, and also um, I think you call them Wim, 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 Wimbledon, Wimbledon. I'll come back. I'll, I'll come back to that <laughs> later. Wim, no Wimbledon, Wimbledonians, Wimbledonians, Wimbledonians. Wimbledonians. All right, fine. Red cards, no, but oh yeah, we'll come back to that later because yeah. I want to talk to, talk about why everybody hates Owen Farrell, like Ooh. you included. Well, you and Cl- we all hate Owen Farrell. Me, we all hate Owen Farrell. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've Tim, Tim has done one of the most popular videos on YouTube, talk praising oh Owen Farrell. I love the man. I think he's the best ten in, in the, the world. world. That's incredible. That's an astounding claim. That is it. He's probably not the best ten in England, but he's a very good ten. There's no two ways about it. He's a very good ten. He's just not the best ten in England. He, he's the best. He's one of the best tens in the world, if not the best. And he's also he's not the best. He's also the, the best twelve in England. It, it, That's it, incredible. These are incredible statements. I, I think. I think he probably is. It depends what your question is. Is your is, do you want the best? I just ten? want to know why, why everyone. So no, no, just on the best ten. If he was the best, would you say if you were to pick any any ten in England to start either a Champions Cup or a World Cup final tomorrow? Which team? Tomorrow? Which team? England. For England. Oh, sorry, England, not the Champions Cup. So a World Cup final for England tomorrow. Depends on. Depends on the philosophy of the coach, <laughs> and it depends on the style that What's they're your, playing. What was your point about Owen Farrell? Uh, like well, hating I, okay. Owen Farrell. Let's let, 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 let's be honest. There's only two ways to think about Owen Farrell: disgusting scumbag thug, or saintly god. So, are you in the saintly god or scumbag thug? <laughs> no, I, I I allow nuance. But if I no no you're not allowed to pick one. No nuance. You don't do nuance on this concept. He's a saintly god. He's a saintly. We're about to go into the red cards. We can't do any nuance. We can't do any nuance, right? So yeah, because I'm not allowed to do nuance, I've got to go for scumbag thug. I've 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 just got. Well, <laughs> you're saying oh, he's a good. He's a, he's a northerner. He's a rugby league boy. Oh, he's that's a, a good point actually. He's a. He does get some. He does get some. Definitely extra points for being a rugby league man. Yeah, he does get some. Yeah, All right, look, and and his father's the hardest man in rugby. So. I couldn't. I couldn't care less either way actually about this. And I think some <laughs> of the some of the comments about it are absolutely ludicrous. I think the whole process is ludicrous. I think the RFU continuing to do the sanctioning. Whilst running the England team, it just leaves it open to criticism and mockery. But it, but it means they get their players rested when they want them. Exactly. No, so, no, no, no. Let, let me just summarise this by saying: anyone that looked at the the what happened in the game last weekend and the tackle that Owen Farrell made, 
and looked at the sighting decision that was made, anyone that looked at those two things and thought that there was in any way, it's, it's bonkers. <laughs> the, the people, some people are convinced there's a conspiracy going on uh, against RFU. Owen Farrell. Oh, what a surprise. He's back for the Six Nations. Well, come on. No, that's not no. beyond the pale, is it? It's, no, it's not beyond the... But the it's worth no, millions no, of quid. If, if you just looked at the incident and the outcome, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, totally, that's fair enough. Yeah, okay. Do you, uh, yeah, I, I don't know I, about I, this, right? So, look, I'm happy... Well, you think you deserve more than three weeks? I'm happy in a standalone incident, right, to say, okay, looking at that, that looks like three weeks. Fine, done. So there we go. But and it's not true to say he's not a repeat offender. <laughs> It's not true to say he's the, got outstanding behaviour. Wasn't the Hold box? On. Wasn't the box in the the thing that said? Um, did it have any material impact on the game? Nope. None. <laughs> no. Well, what that? Well, come on, Tim. <laughs> well, there's no guarantee. that Saracens wouldn't have won the game. Well, the thing is, it just needs to be clarified because I know what they mean. What they you mean know is what like they mean. It, there's no material impact, as in the player wasn't hurt. He didn't ha- didn't have to go off. Exactly. Yeah. It didn't mean uh, you know uh, uncontested scrums. That's what they That's mean. What yeah. they but it's still absolutely <laughs> it's hilarious. Quite it's, funny. It seems funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems funny, but um, it it the the reaction is just insane. It's well. And th- th- these are like th- 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 there are some people like on, on Twitter and stuff, especially who throw the accusation <laughs> of conspiracy theorists out there at lots of people, and it's not deserved. Th- many of those people are actual conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely fall in, fall into that category. Um, what? How many tackles a game do you think Owen Farrell makes? I, I, I don't know, but I just want to take issue with something you said. You say it's not like he's not a repeat offender. He's, he is a repeat how, offender. How, how long has he been playing? What, 12, 13 no, years? Let, no, come Thir- on. 13 now. years has he been playing a professional now? Yeah. Right. At least, so, yeah, well, I think he didn't. Did he not get close to making a debut with his old man in two thousand and eight? He did. Yeah, he, he did play with his old man. So let's say fourteen yeah. years. He's been. Yeah, a, he's yeah. been a professional for fourteen I years. I love right? this argument. Go on. How many? How, how many times? How many he times he, has he? Yeah, yeah. As, how many times he had a red card or been cited? Well, Charlie Atkinson was a ba- definitely was a bad one. definitely one there. The two, but like he always Twice. interesting. Yeah, but the fact Twice. he hadn't been cited for Twice. no arms on Esther Hazen. In the autumn, I mean so, that was a bad. But that, one. that got looked, but that that, that was... got looked at and rejected. Yeah, well, this yeah, is why. Yeah. This is so, exactly why. So he's been cited. <laughs> so he's been cited three times in his whole career. Right. So, I, so, so that's and, that's three out of probably north of three thousand tackles. Right. We're so talking the, the, about. Right, okay. So this is the so point. It's a one in a thousand hit rate. Oh god, this is so ridiculous, right? So no, those are just yeah, numbers. Yeah, so, there, so there was, and that's during a period of time where the laws of the game yeah. have changed so dramatically. There was a journalist. There is a journalist. He's pretty good actually. Called James Whale, and he did the same thing as you. And he said, like, this not means not not, not not no not that James. I'm Whale. not sure actually. No. <laughs> I'm actually not sure. I didn't know he was a rugby fan. I'm genuinely not sure. He's just. I'm, yeah, James, James Whale on uh, uh, good, anyway. good good rugby account. Uh, you know, this isn't a judgment on him. It's a good rugby account. But he does he does the same sort of maths, and she says so. His illegal tackle rate is zero point zero zero zero. Yeah, yeah, one zero 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 two. One in a thousand. One in a thousand. Here's the thing, right? So, you know, if it's like one in four, he simply wouldn't be a professional rugby player. If it's one in ten, that's one red card a game. If it's one in a hundred, he's going off what once every ten games. So, mm-hmm. you know, he is a professional rugby player. You got to kind of. Compare him to other professional professional players who probably have never been cited three times for red card for, for red card offences. You know, he's more like he's more to me. He's more like Butch James than he is uh, 
George Ford. Well, Adam Coleman's had three red cards this season in the he's Premiership. He's a second row. He's a in second tw- In 12 games. I just don't think Owen Farrell is very good at tackling. I've always said, said, said this. I think he's a good hitter. Uh, I think he takes his defensive responsibility too seriously. It's part of his character. It's like a character flaw. And when he was really solid in defence, he has someone next to him who does the hard work, usually Brad Barrett. So he doesn't have to think about this. He doesn't have to be the defensive leader. When he is the defensive leader... It's an absolute nightmare. It's been a nightmare for years. Three sightings in 14 years. Yeah, but then there's the missed tackle situation. He's just not a good defender. Okay. He's just not a good defender. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you, did a, you did have a period of um, religiously counting the missed tackles. Yeah. What, oh, I, what happened yeah. to that? I just can't, I just can't count that. <laughs> <laughs> Ran out of numbers to use. <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, three, three games. It's not the end of the world. There, there, there was four red cards this weekend. Five. Five, sorry. So... So I, I kind of wanted to do the. I'm Luke Cowan Dicky. In uh, well, yeah. So we're going to we'll get onto that. So uh, there's a little bit of sequence to the red cards um, that I've got written down here, uh, not a chronological sequence, but there's a logic to it in my head. So first one I want. So what I thought we'd do is I'll mention the five, briefly go over them, and we'll give the the referees a percentage score. Out of a hundred, okay. Um, uh, based it, on how many, have to add up to hundred. How many like, we agree? So we can do it like Austin Healy did it. No, no, no. They have to add it because every right. if if they get three right out of five, yeah. then that's sixty percent. Okay. If they get one right out of five, that's twenty percent. Gotcha. If they we think they were right on all five, hundred uh, percent rating for the okay. for the scores. What are you going to call this um, segment, JB? Um, red card district. Perfect. <laughs> Have you got any music for, for, for the Red Card I'll district? work on it. You carry on. Okay, thanks. Okay, first first one I wanted to go for, Cobus Visa versus Toulouse. <sighs> Do you, so, uh, I, I don't... I, it is a Red Card. I get it. It's a Red Card. So it's a Red I, Card, isn't it? I, 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 think, I, think, I, that's, I, I think that's a definite Red Card. It is a definite I, Red Card. I just I don't, don't want it to be a Red Card. I don't want so it to I'm, be a Red Card. I'm absolutely fine with that. So in my mind, and tell me why I'm wrong here. So he dives off his feet. Um, Everyone dives off their feet. But he dives off his feet. If so, you you dive off your feet. Sorry, that's that's, that's an fine. advert. That's an advert. Oh. That's not, that was an advert. Still works. No, it doesn't. It's oh. a sleazy <laughs> red card district. Oh, nice bit of sax. <laughs> We're in the red card district now. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Nice. So so Visa, he dives off his feet. He's a chicken wing. It's hard to concentrate. <laughs> and, I'll turn it off in a second. And. Make, makes contact intro. with the head with force. Yeah. So that that for me is it's a bit of a no brainer. That I just think like breakdown now. Everyone's so low. You're saying get you know, everyone stay low. He's blood. He's low. So if he stays on his feet, would that be okay? Probably not. It's the one. It's, it's just that one thing. Head, so there was an well, there, yeah. there's an offence committed by the defending player which causes Cobus Visa to be red carded that no referees ever. Penalised, and it's what needs to be penalised if they actually want to solve this problem, rather than yeah. just yeah. shoulders cards. blow the hips. Shoulders blow the hips. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I am with that. And at the end of the Montpellier Ospreys game, uh, George North won a penalty. There is absolutely no. So not only were his shoulders way below his hips, he was in no way, shape, or form supporting his own body weight. Yeah, it, it, that was that should have been a clear Montpellier penalty it's... with uh, the clock in the. Red. So with the Cobus Visa one, what I would have liked is. Um, that them to that look at the decision and say uh, that was that was illegal play there by Cobus Visa. You you you've gone off your feet with your shoulder tucked arm into the back of the head. So we're talking serious level of danger. It's a red card. However, Cyril By look at the or whoever it was. Look yeah. at, look at the position you're in. 
you gave him nowhere to go, so that mitigates it down to a yellow. How about this? That's, that's, so that's an interesting one. Uh, I'd, 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 I, I would, I, I, I would do something to say maybe, maybe not mitigate that, but say, but the penalty on field goes to um, uh, Sale. Okay, yeah. Maybe first defence. Oh, okay, well, know, how, it's tough, how, isn't it? How, yeah, it is. It's tough, but anyway, that needs if if they actually want to stop these sorts of hits, and this I is agree, where the yeah, most danger is. I do agree They've with got that. to get the defender upright. So I've got two thoughts, which I'm going to try and combine here. So the first one was uh, law enforcement in the old uh, in the old west, you know, cow- cowboy country, what, like r- rucking and people hitting each no, other. No, 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 so literally like you know, policing. <laughs> Literally like in the Wild West. In the Wild West. Oh, right. In like the, the American Wild West. Yeah. So a bit the of that. Frontier. Yeah, and also uh, Corabetti versus uh, Mpimpi, where um, one player was diving in the air, the other one was doing something else. They're both illegal, therefore no rugby occurred. So <laughs> if, you, if you do something which means that you're outside of the laws of the game, you automatically become an outlaw. So it's which like... Which means you're not protected... By the yeah. laws. You can't litigate someone for not paying you for the drugs you've supplied them. Correct. You're both outside the law. Exactly right. Exactly right. So So actually in that in that in that situation, the ref would look at it and go You weren't uh, playing rugby, you weren't playing rugby, cancels each other no. out. And no, then, I, I'm not I'm not so sure that maybe needs some work, but No 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 I'm, I'm st- pretty start, certain this is exactly point. right. Okay. So then Cobus Visser can go to a committee, which will then ban him later for reckless play. Outside of the field of rugby, okay, and then um, Cyril Bay can also go to a different committee for inviting such stupidity from Cobus Visa, and then everyone wins. <laughs> the problem with that is headshots become free game as soon as you're doing. Don't do illegal shit. <laughs> you know, nothing, no, nothing used to sort out rocks quicker than, uh, maybe. than standing imagine on people. What, imagine maybe. what someone like Backy's Boater would have done with that law. Like he sees someone, <laughs> <laughs> sees someone doing something illegal and runs in with a haymaker. Or, like, yeah. or just one guy is illegal and the eight guys like honeypot towards him. Great opportunity for like attacking coaches. If you get one guy who's willing to risk himself in a legal position to get all of the opposition to honeypot towards him to get the cheap shots, gaps everywhere. Or I, I could just see so someone. A little scrum off. Nick White mouths off to the ref. He says, "Effing hell, sir!" Uh, legal, just deck, deck yep. instantly. That's how it was. The game, sir, by the, by the ref. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that one, we're, it was a red card. Fine. Yeah. Yes. So can we skip Kieran Parker then? Because I think that's so, similar. well, Kieran Park is very similar. Very similar. I, I actually think it's it's on the spectrum. Copa's visa is slightly worse, but Kieran Parker is not as much force. It, so. But it's still a red card. It's very similar uh, in in the game. I don't if 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 you watch the sale game, Sam Warburton does did some brilliant stuff, uh, like trying to demonstrate how you could be do do something different in Cobus Visa's case, coming at a slight, slight angle, angle, go for the leg yeah. to lift the leg. And I, I remember having so pretty young um, one of our old uh, player coaches, Tim Free, um, as, as you would expect, number eight, yeah. um, number eight slash second row, big South African. Um, and he did some work on that with us, like clearing out work, just a slight angle, lifting one leg, just a slight, not enough of an angle to be like you're not coming through the gate, but just change the picture. And it was really, really good. Like just a slight different way of thinking about it. Yeah. Rather than just took your, took your um, arm, shoulder to the head. Bash. Yes. Yeah. So Kieran um, Parker sorted. Fine. Yeah. In that game, Ben Loader. Yeah. Now, I, I think that. It, I think it is a red card according to the laws, and I'm actually okay with it being a red card, just partly because it's it's incredibly rare, and 
both players were knocked out from it. So you, mm. anything you can try and do to prevent that situation is a, broadly a positive thing. Um, it was force. It was contact with the head. It wasn't intentional from him because he put his own head there. But yeah. I'm okay with that being a red card. Yeah. So that's that's three. So they're on six. Yeah. Well, they're on 100 percent so far. But um, the worst they can do is 60 percent. That then moves contact to the head with force onto Henry Slade v the oh, Bulls. Ridiculous. This so, is shocking. It, so, it will get to overturned, so he's so not going to miss any of the Six Nations. I agree. I, I, th- I think this will get overturned. And I, I think when I first saw it, I was like, that, that looks pretty nasty. But then when you slow it down, it's contact with the shoulder. He's, he's trying to make a wrap. It's a very dynamic situation. Uh, the player's very, the 15 is incredibly low. Full the contact with the shoulder, it then slides up and it does hit his head neck. But that surely is mitigation to me. It's that mitigation. Is, yeah. the, the, the force, it, it isn't shoulder to head, it's arm as well. Yeah. It's weak arm, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, there's lots of mitigation. It will get downgraded. I, I, no I, effect I'm, on the game, though. Well, I, I, think it, I think it will get downgraded. I'm hopeful it will. Although I, I have seen, I, I try and avoid Twitter as much as I can. I've seen some reactions to it. Um, and we'll talk about the reactions, but I've seen some... like. Swinging car, swinging arm to the head. Oh, it's like, that's just not what it was. Uh, I, we've all been on the receiving end of a swinging arm to the head. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Particularly when you go to some like, yeah, ooh, yeah. I got certain con- clubs you go to. You know, like rugby league country. When you go there, bang, forearm, yes. head. Yeah, yes. so I actually got a bit of a send him up. Send the, oh, by the way, on that Mick Morgan commentary. Sorry, JB. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that darts the guy darts. Did, definitely did because I wondered at the time when I when I first saw it. Yeah, I yeah. can't spike. Yeah, I was like, is he? Referencing Mick Morgan, turns out he definitely was. Anyway, Excellent. that is one of the that's one of the best sporting moments I've seen yeah. in a long Incredible. time. That darts moment. Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy, anyway, you got four on so head. I did, but we'll save it for like okay. later. Um, are you sure you're okay to continue the pod? So we're well, on. We're I had on to avoid our physio like the plague. Uh, no, uh, yeah. So we're on. We're on seventy five percent. So we're on three out of four oh, as right, it yes. as it currently stands. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. But the best they can do... Um, is it worth talking about, because we just mentioned Twitter and Henry, Henry Slade, is it worth talking about um, LCD? Mullet yeah, hyphen I think it probably is, actually. Cool, then talk about mullet hyphen dicky. So he just thought rugby's gone soft, left it, Le- just left it hanging there. 25 um, quote tweets later, and they're all negative. It's like, this is so unhelpful. Like, it, it's not his job to help you with your personal crusade, you absolute grifters. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't play this game to get life-changing head injuries. Well, don't play it then. You just don't play it. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on. Now, uh, what I hate about this is that 
everybody who has a view on LCD, and they're more than welcome to, the, to their views, of course, but everyone has a view, but the majority of the people who are the strongest concussion adv- advocates, they have got no skin in the game whatsoever when it comes to rugby. LCD is an active professional rugby player who's been told nothing his entire life other than you're going to get concussions and you're probably going to die horribly if you continue to play this game. And yet he still wants to continue to play this game and he thinks it's going soft. Now, I am pretty sure if I quizzed him about what he means by that, he can't possibly mean the physicality of the game. He can't possibly mean, mean, mean that. So he's not talking about that. He probably is talking about the ridiculous nature of the high ta- of the high tackle debate now. Um, I, I, as for like seatbelt tackles, for instance, in, instant penalty. I'm kind of thinking that they should come back just to be normal, like normal play, because no one's getting concussed by seatbelt by seatbelt ta- tackles. I mean, that's actually been statistically proven. It hasn't made it any safer. And you get these perverse games when Henry Slade, one of the key guys for Exeter, has, has gone off. This could take. This could change Exeter's in, in, entire season. And I think all the pro, a lot of the pro players, are actually, when you talk to them off the record, are basically in the same mind as him. They've chose to play the game. They know the risks. If they know something about concussion, the activists and the grifters, if they actually know something. Tell them the truth. Tell them the real risks. But don't go around trying to scare them. Don't go around trying to, to scare parents just to further your narrative or to gain extra funding for your next piece of crap research. Just tell them the truth and you know, cease saying they're going to die a horrible death which they can do nothing about. So, yeah, he's more, more than welcome to, to, to review. And I think a lot of people probably agree with him, particularly around like, the seatbelt stuff. Well, on the, yeah, let's see. If Henry Slade doesn't get... Well, I'll just put it this way. Yeah. If Henry Slade's card does not get downgraded, and if he, as a result, misses some of the Six Nations, then I will agree uh, with Luke Cowan-Dickey that rugby is softer than it was. Softer than it was. Rugby, I mean, you, you have to... Ca- ga- game's not yeah. gone soft, but the it game will clearly game. have gone softer yeah. if we are dishing out red cards and upholding them you, for seatbelt tackles. So, the problem with Cowan-Dickey... I, but I think it will get downgraded. So, I'm just going to say it depends because I don't actually know if that will be done by the RFU as a Premiership um, card would be EPCR or the EPCR, which will yeah. have a load of French, Irish, uh, Scottish, uh, uh, Romanian, dodgy yeah. Romanians on the board. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah it, might, it might actually be might get banned for longer. Conveniently, the whole of the Six Nations. So let me be very clear week. with what I'm saying. If it doesn't get downgraded, and if yeah. that is this meeting the standard of a red card, then rugby is unquestionably softer. That yeah, that element is than softer. Than you know, I think if, if seatbelt tackles get red cards, then rugby is softer. That doesn't mean it's soft. Yeah, yeah, but it's softer. Do you know what I think's happened to the, to, to the concussion debate? I had this thought, thought thought today. So the problem with LCD is he's put up this tweet, a very simple catchphrase. Rugby's, rugby has gone soft. No, how soft is rugby? Same difference, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's exactly but, what. But he's said, talking thanks. about that specific decision. Yeah, yes. So there, so there is that. People are like, no, that's not a constructive way to discuss, you know, the debate. As if one side has to be constructive, but the other side can be absolute scumbags about yeah. it. So it's, it's Twitter as well. Yeah, no, I but it's not just yeah, Twitter. No, 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 no. Don't but, let, don't, no, don't. The, don't pro- get, the problem don't with that, the, the problem no, with sorry, that is that no. the, the, some the, of the most prominent concussion sci- so-called scientists at the moment are going round to various conferences holding up posters for World Rugby c- mm. accusing them of being like the being like the tobacco firms and the thing we've got to understand is it's not just Twitter these guys are doing these scummy behaviours in real life so one side has to be 
knowledgeable and full of facts and completely respectable, uh, completely respectful. The other side can do whatever the hell they want. And it's the other side that has been the most successful in changing the laws and trying to influence behaviours of not players, but people like parents affecting the game, uh, ruining it, uh, trashing its reputation, dra- dragging it, dra- dragging it, dragging it through through the mud. I know, but it's large. It, it is massively disproportionately driven on Twitter by a very small number of people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that behaviour is amplified through Twitter. I actually think that they're in a stage now that they've found that their tactics have been so successful. They're not bothered about concussion. They're bothered about just upsetting people or getting people to react so they can say, oh, you're part of the game's gone soft, soft brigade. It's sort of like the modern political climate that we find, find ourselves in. It's not about proving your point. It's about upsetting the other people. Well, and, and from or, that point of view, and, and you can speak, you can say that as someone that quite likes to throw out grenades onto, onto Twitter because you enjoy the reaction that you get. That's, yeah. that's why you do it. And it's, that's but all. I'm not arguing for concussion changes. No, no, but, I'm, not, I'm not standing on but, the... But, but the point remains, the, the the motivation behind you doing it, consciously or subconsciously, is that you get um, endorphin releases. You get that, uh, what's, the, what's, the, what's the hormone? Dopamine. You, dopamine. You get the dopamine hit from the, from the reaction that you get and, the, and, and you know, hitting refresh and seeing. And it's this, just as you do it with some things that you know is going to be incendiary to some people, oh, you check it out, that's, that's just the same. And that's, that's where Twitter comes in yeah. because it incentivizes uh, divisive... Um, non-nuanced yeah, opinions. Can, yeah, so I was having a really good actual discussion with a well-known rugby blogger today, like a, someone who is you know, very, very good at what he does. And we're talking like, just, the debate has just degenerated now mm. into our side versus your side. You're either for head injuries or you're against them. And you know, one side, which is I'd say I'm on, which is you know we need to have a, a proper reasoned discussion about this just don't get heard the only people that get heard are these absolute morons that use phrases like oh games gone soft soft brigade or you're gonna die or you know you've all got brain injuries brigade or we need to reclassify concussion and only call it brain in severe brain injury for, for, from now on or the game's in a crisis the game's in you know the game's gonna die so it's gonna die because because of their actions not because of how the game is developing itself if they know something about concussions say it but the fact that they're just mm. going out there to try and worry people is pretty vile because I'm pretty sure they're doing it now just just stoke division rather than actually improve the game. The last yeah. red card was um, I don't know if you saw it Munster versus Northampton. O'Donoghue um, got a red card for a high shot on ribbons. I think it was a bit unlucky yeah, from from O'Donoghue. Um, force question. It, it was a shoulder to the head. He was upright, but questionable force. Ryburn's being tackled, so a bit of a dynamic situation. So I, th- I, mean, I think there would have been enough mitigation to have gone yellow. Yellow, yeah. I I'd, I'd probably go with that, but I actually think so. Maybe they got that one wrong. But that that's debate. That's up in the air. But even if, if it's, you, but that that um, I, I mean, it's a fifty. It's kind yeah. of zero point five. Give the ref the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah, let's give the ref the benefit of the doubt because he, he followed he followed the laws, although. I do think that um, in the same game, Mikey Hayward was lucky not to get a red card for the Agreed. challenge on uh, Carberry Agreed. early on. But if we're being generous, the ref's got 80%, 80%. In, in, in the red card district. Mm, there you go. 80% all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other games that we haven't talked about that you particularly enjoyed? I didn't, I didn't enjoy. It didn't. It didn't enjoy sale. Didn't enjoy it one bit actually. So sale. So I. I did, I've watched the highlights of this. All right. 
So I'm right in saying that um, the starting prop Shona and McIntyre eight seconds, they eight seconds in the game, and that was Lebel carried oh, each other trying trying to catch the kickoff. Oh God! Like, you know Simon McIntyre. I was not really a big fan of him signing for sale. I didn't think it was, I thought it was just local lad coming back. He's done excellent recently. But he he, uh, off after eight seconds, him and Shona, which is a bit asking, huge. Asking James Harper in his first European game and Bevan Rod to play eighty minutes against that pack is huge. Yeah. it was always the case. You felt. Uh, all right, well, Sale are doing pretty well. They're hanging in here. They they lost the man after, what, 18 minutes? God, yeah. they're, they're doing all right. They're fighting. You, you just knew that it was going to happen eventually. The yeah, da- you can't dam, hold them back the, forever, the can the you? Yeah. They, Cut, I think they did well to hold it to two tries. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, in fact, I was looking at the... Because t- I was getting, sort of get thinking of like, you know, okay, well, I'm probably going to talk to Alex Anderson after a defeat. What's the thought here? And at, the, at 70 minutes, I was, I was looking. I was looking through Toulouse's results this season and I was going... There's no team that has kept them trialless all season. And I was mm. thinking, well, that's something if you sail 15 5 down. If, if they manage to keep this up, but the two tries came but in e- in the end. Even, I think there's a lot of positives to take yeah. out of it. Even like 70 minutes with down to the, um, 14 men for the whole game, or for um, 60 minutes, and <laughs> losing your two props. I think yeah. there's a lot of positives to take yeah. out of that. Uh, you know, so. If you think about the effect those two props had on sale, it's not the scrimmaging power per se, because Harper's a big old unit. And Rod's an international prop, so you know, you, yep. you expect them to do something. The difference is both those lads can carry a ball, and they can both add a lot more attacking dyna- dynamism than the starting well, pair. Prop props and don't generally play 80 minutes. Yeah, not many. Well, yeah. So Bev and Rod is so one of the few props who who probably conditioned to play 80. There's but, not many others who do. And when, when Toulouse changed their front row bring uh, 150 kg t- Charlie Faumoina on with, say, 20 minutes to go, and your props played the preceding <laughs> 60 yeah. minutes. That's, That's a tough ask. But yeah. my God, Toulouse are enormous. Did you get close <laughs> up to Emmanuel Miafu? Uh, I, I, I handed him his star of the match trophy. Really? Yeah. And, and I think uh, Craig Doyle in the commentary afterwards just said, um, it, it, when he came back off the interview, he went, now... Tim Cock is not a small man, <laughs> but he looks tiny next to um, Manny Mayafa. The guy is a freak. Yeah, he was taught. So we have the advertising board for these interviews, and they obviously make them um, to stand behind these players. His head was above it. It's he's absolutely enormous. Well, they, they could potentially pair him and Wilhelm Z in the same second row. Good oh, God. Yeah. Good God. So his story's amazing as well. So I he, don't know it. He was, uh, um, I played a bit of age-grade rugby in Australia, a bit of NRL. Uh, not not for, like, uh, rugby league, sorry, not NRL. Um, then he went to the NFL. Did he? Did he? Yeah, he went onto the, the, the player pathway thing at the NFL as like a t- as a teenager to try and... He, because he's yeah, 140 he, he, plus he KG was, and 6'8". He was he, well, I, think, I think he's more than 6'8". I think he's one of those guys where he's... like I, I, Obviously, I work with Martin Bayfield a lot, yeah. and he's about the same height as Martin Bayfield. I say he's, wow. he's more 6'9", 6'10". He's, he is enormous. enormous. Anyway. And he is... Well, the Arnold boys are built massive as well. Yeah, as well. yeah, Rory Arnold's just enormous. Anyway, uh, he went to the NFL to try and make it on their pathway. That didn't work out. He came back to France and joined the Toulouse Academy. I think he was still only 20. He's not French, is he? No, he's Australian. Australian. And he's been there for four years now, three, uh, three, three and a half years, three years. He's, so he qualifies on residency in about a month's time. And oh, is it not five years now? Or maybe it's five, five years. Anyway, now. maybe it's five years. I'm sure he's well, ready he's, for so World Cup. Uh, not this World Cup. I, don't. I think he is. No, 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 he could be picked in this Six Nations. Really? Yeah, I'm sure. I believe he's so. Yeah. I believe oh, so. Okay. 
Okay. I believe so. So just, I mean, France France could do with a bit more size, couldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> another another non-French naturalised second row of giant proportions. Oh, so maybe, because there, there was the three-year, five-year rule. He might have he landed in, in France before. just before. So, the, uh, you know, like Australia are a team who do struggle up front a bit. God, him and Will Skelton as a second row. <laughs> My <laughs> word. Oh, My word. Talk about turning the tables on the South Africans. It would be marvellous to see that. I mean... They already play a nice brand of rugby when they get their act together. They've got some great athletes, great skillful players, but they just lack that hard edge. Mm-hmm. Get those two together. Oof. Yeah. That but is a bit they of a hard didn't. edge. But Howney's not capped yet, so they can still do it. No, I know, but if, and if I were him, if it was about money, then you make you pick the French choice. If it was about just heart and... Rubbish. Like, what about romance and croissants and wine? Uh, <laughs> you want to play what what where, living your mom, your... where your mum and dad were from? What about you know living... I mean? Where your granddad was... Not interested. Like what? Like what about living your best <laughs> life? Would he be allowed? Because the Gitto law has changed. It's not the sixty cap law, but there's. Would he be even be eligible? Yeah. Or they can only bring in three players yeah. as it currently stands. So take him, take him. That, maybe, but then you've got to overlook Rory Arnold. True. Um, and and then people like um, yeah, Karevi, Adam or, Coleman. Coleman, yeah. There, there's lots of players. Wasn't there talk of Coleman playing for Tonga? I don't think that's yes, happen. it was, wasn't there? Yeah, mm. yeah, it was. So he's got a Tongan father, has he? Yeah, yeah. So I'm half Welsh, half English. Someone puts a contract for Wales in front of me, contract for England. I'm thinking mm, England sounds nice. Bath probably. I can mm. see myself fitting in nice yeah, yeah. Bath. Maybe win a few things at Saracens. Yeah. Ospreys. Ugh, sorry, guys. You know, I like Wales, but not that much. And sometimes someone says to me, "You know, you could play for France." JB, you, you, we've just found, we've been uh, doing some genealogy. We found you've got a French grandfather. I, I'd, I'd get adopted. I would. <laughs> get I'd, I'd get adopted. I'd find someone to adopt me. We did me. talk, we joked about that with, yeah. with Mark Atkinson, didn't we? Oh, we did. It. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I get to play where? La Rochelle, Toulouse, okay. Oh, absolutely. In. You know, um, Racing. Yeah. With, with, Racing have their own wine cellar. Yeah. They have their own wine cellar. So, yeah, it, it, it'd be an easy decision. Why anyone would, would want to go and play anywhere else but France is, is beyond me. I think I'd like to do... La Rochelle just seems cool. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do racing, but even though they've got the best kit in the world um, and the best stadium in the world, because you have to live in Paris. Paris is a hellhole, isn't it? Yeah. Marseille is also a hellhole. Although I imagine if you, if you earn... If you're earning a, I imagine you'll be earning a million pounds. You'll be on the... Minimum. F- well, Finn Russell goes to Bath. I JB can play gets, wing or tight prop. JB gets Finn Russell money. No, I wouldn't. I'd get like top tight head prop money plus racker money. Yeah, yeah. Which probably and you can do a you're like third, p- 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 no money. P- your no. third choice centre money as well. Yeah. So you're getting you're getting five hundred k for being um, a top tight head prop. You're getting three hundred k for being a top winger, and then you're getting an extra hundred and fifty k for being a utility centre. Easy money. Slash back row. Easy money. So yeah, you're on a million pounds a year. Um, Maybe Paris is different if you're earning a million pounds a year. I hope so. But I've only heard good things about living in Lyon too. Le- yeah, Lyon would be interesting. Mm. Toulouse would be cool. I just, I've got, a, I don't know. I just like La Rochelle at the moment. It's too far. It's not very big. It's not that big. I, I like a bit of la- nightlife. Being by the coast. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got more, two more good years in me yet. Yeah, like definitely. Toulouse. To <laughs> so um, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So what? So sale. Um, Gus Walk comfortably outplayed Dupont, right? <laughs> well, didn't didn't Rafi Quirk come on for the last thirty or so? He was on the bench. Uh, yeah, he came on for did he, did, thirty-five minutes. Did he do anything? Uh, I mean, Sale were up against it. Yeah, it was good to see him back. Rat's tail, though, a bit questionable. 
He got rat's tail. Yeah, he's mm. got rat's tail. I, think, I think he's been hanging around with Australian rugby league players too long. Wasn't he, he the barber in the England squad? Did I see that? Really? Ah. I'm sure when he was in the England squad. It's very, very worrying, not nonetheless. I'm I think sure. May, maybe, he, maybe he's been told by his teammates he's not allowed to... He, had, he can only cut it off once he's played again. That might have been... Okay. Might, I can imagine it might have been a bet. Um, yeah. Did but, you pick up any hints of George Ford news whilst you were walking around sale? Uh, all I can tell you is that um, George Ford was uh, stood in the tunnel with Tom Curry and mm. uh, just w- watching the game. And um, I wouldn't be surprised. We'll talk about this in the England pod, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is named in Steve Balthwick's squad, mm, even without having played a game. So I'm, I'm certain he will be named in the squad because when they do the squad, or historically, I don't know what Balthwick will do. But they, they name injured players in ordinary in the England squad. So he would normally get named for that reason. Um, whether Borthwick still does that, whether he has to do it because of the because you've got the EPS, the elite, elite mm. player squad, that you can only have so many players in and out, therefore players get named injured if they were in previous squads. I don't know if Borthwick's forced to do that. But I'd be astonished if he wasn't in that. But I think you might be right, you know. I, he could be. Because... Often as well, often um, Eddie Jones only named two players in certain key positions. Weirdly, like he'd often only name two scrum halves or only two fly halves, and one of them's your starting inside centre as well. So, mm. um, well, we might see luckily that more. madness is gone now. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll see. We'll see. No, Borthwick is a very astute man. We'll not see any of the nonsense from. Yeah. Or any well, of you're not going to get any um, I th- any uh, what's it called apprentices. No. That get chewed up and spat out again. The, the turnover players, I think, will be. I less, don't think you're going to see any um, Gary Graham's or the Luke Moore's. Luke Moore's Scott Sam Moore. Sam Moore. I don't think you'll see that. I don't think you'll see any of this nonsense. It's going to be pure rugby from now. On. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think we could go into a World Cup genuinely with um, uh, Ford Faz access as the ten twelve. I don't think he's going to play around. I could. I, I, I think he there's going to be there's going to be a player named tomorrow who Tim very much likes, who will make sure that Faz is not playing 12. <laughs> I will say no more. Interesting. Say no more. Um, from, from, from Stockport, n- uh, uh, no less. <laughs> right. Um, sale, do you think they'll go through? Uh, they've got they a win in Ulster, and Ulster can go through. Oh, just to, to dovetail the two together, how heartbreaking was Ulster's uh, defeat? So, how so heartbreaking I, was oh. nil so yeah, or three nil. Yeah. So I I didn't even so I didn't watch the start of that. I watched I the start thought, of Exeter Bulls. Yeah, same because I thought, oh well, Larishella going to batter them. Yeah. Also, effectively got nothing to play for. And, and they I sent totally a weak, they sent a slightly weakened, slightly weakened. Yeah, team. well, they've got injuries. Uh, yeah, got injuries. The, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think I might don't quote me on this. I think it was just about as strong as they could put out, um, given the injuries. But what? Okay, so I watched the last. 20 minutes of it and then I've watched the full highlights of it um, because I was watching Exeter um, what unbelievable conditions yeah incredible <laughs> incredible to watch um, Hastoy and Doak lining up kicks and miss kicks incredible to watch Ulster and they've done it this in the past um, and it's cost them re- refuse points or turn down shots at goal to kick for the corner which if you if you think you're better than the opposition, fine. But on a day like that, in 
against the, a pack like that in La Rochelle, it does look a little bit foolish because they, yeah. they probably, t- well, they did turn down more than six kickable points, which would have been the difference between the two teams. Yeah. So... Um, but to lose in that fashion with the final then, player, the final player of the game. Well, and this is oh. the this is the Ulster way that going into that game, I had no hope. With seventy eight minutes on the clock, I had hope, and then there's the Andrew Warwick failed turn of penalty that kicked for the corner, and then it just felt inevitable. And oh, it's the hope that kills you, as you often say, JB. Mm-hmm. That would have been some result had they held on, but it would have been. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so I, I think pure. Pride and everything, and Ulster are doing okay in the uh, URC. So I, I think they'll, I think they'll want to go out with a win. They will, they will. Ulster, Ulster will. So Ulster, have, I think that's six from seven games that they've lost. Now they've been on yeah. a bad run of form. They will. Um, and there is a chance they themselves. could qualify. A they, very outside chance, but there's a chance. It's it's not in their hands, but they can qualify. Yeah, but. Sale are more likely to qualify, even they though are. it's again, it's not in Sale's hands. You no. want to talk quickly about uh, no, I, I, someone Sale have lost? Uh, what, what, no, Ooh. I just want, I just want to say on the Ulster thing, bearing in mind, I was over in Belfast and there was the snow and the frozen off pitch, and Ulster were forced to move but mm. to keep the same kickoff time the same. And one of the reasons was you, you cannot, no, no, you Ulster, you cannot move the kickoff to another time, <laughs> and then Bath's game gets called off, and they weren't playing up the road at Ashton Gate behind closed doors. Were they in Gloucester? They've, they've just moved it. They've just moved it a couple oh, weird, of days. Isn't it? Which is like, hold on, but two weeks ago... Don't ask questions, Tim. A, mu- a month ago... It'll make you much more unhappy month ago, if you ask questions. Uh, a m- month ago, a club has to, had to swallow a 700k... Yeah. Um, ...loss. Uh, this, this is this is the conspiracy against Ulster, just like that time that so Jared Payne yeah. got red-carded for ask, Alex Good jumping on his own head. Is it, is it okay to say the conspiracies against Owen Farrell are true? Will you will you allow me to say that if I give you one for Ulster? Uh, no, but the the Owen Farrell one's nonsense. The Ulster one is true. Yeah, and that's yeah. the difference, really. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah it's one fundamental. Of them, one of them yeah. is debunked and fact checked by the BBC, yeah. and the other one, well, we just don't talk about that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, sale of lost. Sale of have lost a member of their team. Yes, Mike Forshaw to Wales. To Wales. Yeah, did not see that coming. No, I did not see that coming. And they're going to be don't... promoting from within. Uh, the the other one that was apparently in in the frame and was being thought about was Paul Gustard, um, but I mean Mike Ford, like look at Sale Sharks they've been, they've been the best defensive team in the last three four years. Do you want my view on this? My honest view on this. Uh, let me guess. <laughs> Your view is that defence coach is the easiest job in rugby, and <laughs> all you have to do is shout line speed, t- take a so, bit, get, get a get a statue of a bear. Uh, yeah, everything you say is absolutely <laughs> true, and I'm not sure Mike Forshaw's ever done any of it. Right, so. Under Dimes, obviously, he came in as defence coach. He must have been there for eight years now, wasn't he? Ten. Like, you know, yeah, Ten. it's like, like first year of the podcast, he showed up at Cell. So he's, he's like part of the furniture. I think it was a coincidence. Uh, no, no, it's directly linked. <laughs> um, I have been in quite a few press conferences, and I don't know if it's just the Steve Diamond thing. I, I, you know, Maybe it is, maybe, maybe it's not. <laughs> and he's completely thrown, for sure, un- underneath the bus. So one of the conferences press conferences after after the game he said the players literally did not know where to stand in defense so we had to break it all down and do god and bodyguard and that's why we won this week because we went back to, back, back to basics and it's kind of the thing i like about dimes is he's always got his eye on the very very basics and sometimes coaches do get a little bit carried away with what they're doing but it's not the first time that i'd, I'd heard that and i've never i think 
I think Sale's defensive renaissance has got a lot to do with the fact that you've got an excellent defence coach in Alex Anderson. For all of the other things that might annoy me about him, he's a superb defence coach. So when he's come in, I don't know if Forshaw is still doing the defence or if he's still running the drills, but it's got to be Sanderson-inspired, in, in right? Uh, no. Do, well, in, do, well, do you not think? I'm sure he'll have an input, but Mike Forshaw's the defence coach. Yeah, but... Mean so when there's defensive drills to be done, it's like right. We're, we're focused the next hour. We're focusing on defence for this weekend, Mike. But surely some of the some yeah. of the strategy and the vision and the direction is at least in part shaped by one of the most successful defence coaches in English rugby. Well, yeah, well, well, there's no the way current San- head coach. There's no way Sanderson's walked through the door. He goes right. What we're we doing doing for defence? Mike's got that. All right. Well. I'll go and have some mail back. Yeah, never, never going to look at it. Yeah. He w- there will be oh, no, some strategic stuff. Well, of, yeah. co- of course then. So you'd say that... Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. So I just don't know... How, how, no, I have no idea if it's 80% credit in one direction, 20% in the other, 90-10, that, 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 sort of, that sort of means that you can't necessarily... You can't say any individual coach... No, it's is, just that is, is, I'm not... Look, ...can take credit for anything. You hear... Oh, no, I, I still think there's credit... But I, yeah. it must be. There must be. Look, if he's in an organisation, then the, he's a defence coach and they're brilliant at defence. That's worth something to someone. In this, you know, like in this case, Wales. But I would just say, if it was me looking for a defence coach, I'm not sure. Not sure I'd have gone that direction. Well, all, all, all it also means is if Warren Gatlin's uh, understands his defence, then Mike Mike, Mike Forshaw will be fine. Yeah, anyway. he must have a great reference from someone. I wonder what the yeah. link is. I can't even think what the link is. Like you often see a link, don't you? Like, well, Sale Sharks are the best defensive yeah, team in England. That makes sense. I, Christ. I guess my, my point would be, in team situations, it's incredibly rare for any one person to take 100% of the credit. It's always a yeah. um, combined... Uh, except when Steve Diamond uh, yes. is um, failing for 10 consecutive years to make top four. Well, I mean, he would do with the amount of money which he spent, He can take... Diamond can take 100% credit I for think that. it's fair to say every win was because of Steve Diamond and every loss was because of... Well, let's, pick, go with Mike, pick, let's go with Mike Forshaw. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> pick, pick, pick whoever you want. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, yeah, I would also say I'd love to know what the context of Sale's season was when you went to a press conference where Steve Diamond threw one of his coaches <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> oh, was it the Sale were under pressure? <laughs> and the Dimes was. was thinking, oh, people might start thinking I'm not that good anymore. Maybe. Well, let me throw someone to the wolves. Well, look, in the, <laughs> look in the, all I'll say is in the AJ Bell, when Dimes did his post game, it was a very friendly pe- pe- press room. He's not going to have any problem with any of those guys there. But yeah, it was. <laughs> they were in the pump. They were in the pump. And I remember he singled out the Romanian prop <laughs> and someone else. Was it Romanian prop? I want to say Russian prop. Definitely. No, definitely. Um, Morozov. No, it was the Romanian Before. fella and someone else it was. But yeah. anyway. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting that they've gone, gone, gone that direction. Any more um, for any more on, so, the, on the rugby front? Saracens so let, let, me run, let me run oh, through yeah. the games and then we'll, we'll see if you want to talk through it. So Gloucester hosted mi- Leinster. Sorry, you missed Harlequins. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to run through oh, the sorry, games God. and we'll, we'll see which ones Head, pique our interest. Headline, yeah. Gloucester, Gloucester Leinster. Uh, Le- Leinster Ed- were great. Gloucester were just... Ta- yeah. the one Premiership thing, team. The one thing I will yeah. say for this, Gloucester scored two good... Well, I think they were pen- both penalty tries and yellow cards um, from rolling malls. That's that will be an area where other teams will look at Leinster. Well, in the in the quarters, semis, and in the knockouts, that's somewhere to target. Is that not exactly sort of the analysis of the Premiership teams? They're good at what they do. It is, but I'm more because yeah. Gloucester's Gloucester's European uh, journey 
uh, if it's not already mathematically ended, will end in a week's time. Leinster's will continue, but teams like La Rochelle, like the Sharks, who've got big strong packs like Toulouse, will be targeting that rolling ball. Well, uh, Amy, now believe me later. Uh, Leinster will get taken apart in two areas. Maybe that will be one of them. But the second one would therefore be the scrum. I don't think they're, they're a good scrummaging team. I think one of the bigger boys are going to take them to pieces. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I lo- I, Andrew Porter, I, I just love that guy. And Caelan Doris is looking awesome. Oh, t- by the way, I didn't see the game. What was L- Lancer's new inside centre like? Apparently he's outstanding. Osborne, look, he, he, yeah, he looked good. Made some nice breaks. Let, got uh, see a decent set of wheels on him. Mm-hmm. C- could get included in the Six Nations squad, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Um, next game. So we've talked about Sale Toulouse. Uh, then Sharks Bordeaux. No. I didn't really see it. The Sharks look good. Sia Khaleesi looked great. Bordeaux, uh, Kobolash, your boy was playing. but um, Still going. 30-3, they got pumped. Yeah, and it's Sharks, it's, it is um, basically a South African pack. Yeah. Um, and Bordeaux didn't send the, the strongest team. Was there anything that I'm, I found interesting in this game? I've watched the highlights. I've watched so much rugby oh, and highlights Bates this week. Into one. Yeah. Um, simultaneously with that was Munster Northampton, which we briefly mentioned the Jack O'Donoghue red card and Mikey Haywood maybe should have. Northampton is so Northampton to valiantly come back and come up just short. Yes. Very nice second rugby. Yeah. Um, Gavin Coombs looked good. Scored two tries, um, was dominant carrying and got the um, held up at the end when Northampton were like pushing for the for the win. He held up the North, uh, Northampton Courtney pack. Law's starting and starting seven uh, was interesting as well. But he's back. He's back and playing. That's, it's quite quite a big back row with uh, Salakai Lotto yeah. and Laws there. Well, it almost but, worked for them. They, I mean, to, to go and come up just short in Munster is deserves some credit. Yes, definitely. Uh, we already spoke about Bulls Exeter, La Rochelle Ulster. Saracens were great. Saracens were Elliot great. Daly was mint. Well, Elliot Daly looked amazing. Although the, I, I think there might have been some off. crossing for the first. He yeah, was so worth. First he was so worth missing a year of Premiership rugby for. <laughs> he's great he looks good he looks but so good there were there were times at this so when I think well, there's six tries in the first half Exeter went uh, Exeter, Saracens went I fuse, f- funny getting the cheats and racists confused um, Saracens <laughs> went 28 points up after 28 minutes and yeah. it was already over and then they maybe switched off in defence a few yeah. times to allow that fullback uh, Dumortier <laughs> to score a couple of nice tries but it was always going to be Saracens than Harlequins. Uh, anything else that we've not mentioned? We mentioned Ospreys, Montpellier, Cast Edinburgh. Cast Edinburgh. Is, that's a good win for Edinburgh. Yeah, Edinburgh they're doing all right, aren't they? Uh, Edinburgh are dangerous. They're, and Saracens have got to go to Edinburgh next week. And that could be an upset. Yeah, well, Edinburgh yeah, nearly so. turned over Saracens. Yes. They're, they're a good team, Edinburgh. They've, they've built uh, some very nice players. Like having um, well, someone like Sam Skinner, who you can bring in. Um, last season to to add some ballast to that pack it's pretty is, handy is the boy Healy going to Edinburgh Healy, ben there's, Healy. there's been some talk about that whether because he's about he's, he's down the pecking order in Ireland we'll, we'll watch oh the Munster we'll, 10 yeah. we'll see we'll see but possibly, possibly there is talk of that um, one to watch yeah that that um, would be interesting but yeah uh, good good win very good yeah very good win away in cast that's no mean feat at, at all I, Irish Storm as we talked about um, Irish shot themselves in the foot. Yes, Stormers looked all right, looked decent. Damien Villelms is good at rugby. Yeah, Quins. Let's talk about Quins now. Huh? Do Quins in the final game. What? Yeah, what a game. Enjoyed this. Enjoyed this. Now, uh, 
I was watching Queens, right? And I was thinking back to Paul Gustard and his time and why it was so disastrous. I think one of the times, one of the things or reasons he was such a disaster is because sometimes being early is the same as being late. Sorry, is the same as being wrong. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I think he made a rather astute decision looking at the resources that he had and got rid of two of the most influential players almost immediately. So that was Charlie Walker and it was also Tim Visser. Those boys were tearing up the Premiership mm-hmm. the year before he arrived and... Uh, What's his name now? Conor O'Shea. Conor O'Shea. And he basically neutered the whole Quinn's attack uh, because he thought, well, I'm not going to pay wingers that um, uh, uh, wingers that much. In the time that he's been gone, I, you know that I love Caden Murley. Mm-hmm. Well, I do love Caden Murley. I think Caden Murley is showing he's an absolute class act now. Yeah. So it, that's another one that I'd go for in the, in, in the England team. Lewis Liner, Oscar Beard. As these guys are now starting to get really, really good... It's no, it, it's not a coincidence that Quinns have started to get really, really good, in the end, resulting in in winning the Premiership. And I think of all of the teams that could go far in Europe outside of Sale, it would be Quinns, because just a one-off game every couple of weeks, who would you back to score more points than Harlequins? Quinns Quinn, is not a bad shout because they, if they get their um, best choice tight five in. They can they can hold. Yeah, their they, scrum was ace. Yeah, their scrum was excellent because Marler is one of the best yeah. uh, scrummaging loose yeah. heads in the world, and you pair him alongside Vilko Lowe, who does after he had a bad knee injury, didn't he? He does certainly in this game. He was scrummaging very well. Yeah, they were really putting Russing under a lot of pressure. You know, they've, they've got a decent set piece. They've got a great attack. Um, some of the things Marcus Smith did were just superb. Oh. And he plays so much. Uh, him and Kerr in that system just play so nice. I was so nice together. I will say so. Francis Saeeli should know a little bit about Marcus Smith. Yep. Um, he gave him on multiple occasions so much time and space. Yeah. Like it, criminal. Um, but if you give it to Marcus Smith, he there's not many on his, men on his return. He looked fantastic. There's not many men in all of world rugby who have got a harder job than Francis Saeeli because he's got to replace Vakatawa at 13. <laughs> yes, which is really difficult. That is pretty difficult. And he does all right actually. Like he's got the ball going forward. Yeah, yeah, he's he, great. He looked good going forward. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So much space. I love that combination of Esther Hazen and March, and that, that I think that's the best best centre pairing. That that eight, nine, ten, twelve, thirteen. In fact, I'm going to go one further. That's the best centre pairing in the Premiership. Anyone can give me a better sense sense pairing than that. No, I like I do like um, Tompkins and Lazowski. Although I don't think it's as good as that. No, um, no, that is the best. Yeah, yeah, comfortably. I, yeah, it, it, it's by a distance. Can actually. I tell you a sense pairing that I think is going to be very, very good towards the end of the season? Northampton, Dingwall with oh, no, nope. Hutchinson. One of those two, but with someone else. With Proctor. Nope. Uh, so this would be Freeman. a massive prem- this would be a massive premonition if it like so I did a uh, I did a YouTube video where one of, when I was talking about the England centre position I said the long term project for England's twelve the solution to England's twelve is Tommy Freeman ooh twelve crazy but no that's not the answer Berger Odendal is he joined no that's next, next season next season oh I thought it was this season no. he's joined no I, I know it's one of our uh, I know it's one of our um, <laughs> <laughs> fancy rugby draft league teams picked him up. And saw the headline. Was very quick yeah. to pick him up, but oh, I, I, so what's he doing then for the rest of the year? He's playing in, uh, in Japan. Uh, yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yes. 
Oh, well, I tell you what, I think he's going to be a, a great asset for he's Northampton. Good, yeah, he's a good player. Just no, exactly yeah, just way. on that, I, I, I think Tommy Freeman, I just look at him like uh, the way that Gail Fiku can play wing or You don't think it's going to be a waste, a waste for him? Well, I just I look at England's resource. We can talk about this on the, on, uh, when we look at the England squad, but we've got so many great back three players, not many centres, and I just think he's a big lad, good distribution skills, good all-round footballer, and he strikes me as the sort of guy that could, I think could play centre. 13, mm. 12, I think he could be a shout. What England needs to do is find a... Oh, he's played too recently, actually. I was going to say, find an English grandmother for Andre Esterhazen. Oh, yeah. The, the, how he's... In almost, oh, wait, no, he in did almost, he play again in the autumn? He did play in the yeah. autumn, yeah. In almost any other team in the world, he'd be the starting oh, 12 yeah. for a generation. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this man. might be the last World Cup for um, Diolande. Yeah, it probably is. And then... It's going to be Esther Hazen's for the foreseeable. But, but Phil's point is the right one. He's the he's probably the second best inside centre in the world. Yeah, <laughs> he's amazing. Do you yeah. see him? Uh, melt was the description given to his hit on your boy, Wocky. Oh, Levelled yeah. Wocky. Love Wocky. Love Wocky. Um, Wocky right. doesn't love Esther Hazen. Uh, it was um, it, it was great. Right, oh, actually, on this game, so you mentioned. So we've got to mention the finish. But also got to mention the wingers. You've you've been talking up the Harlequins homegrown wingers, which rightly so. Yep. One of their homegrown uh, wingers Morris. had a absolute uh, stinker. Well, he's not. He'll he, be feeling he's awful not homegrown. tonight. Is he not? No, he's from Saracens. Is he? I think he's from Saracens. Yeah. Is he a, sure? an, yeah. a secret agent? Oh, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, when he missed the Danny Care kick, that was. I mean, it's not his fault entirely, but it's just like another one of those nearly oh. there moments. He missed the try. He is Saracens. So born in born in Bedford, but Saracens. What do you know? I know my rugby. Scottish. He'll feel. Twins. He'll feel. Awful. How come you never win a quiz against Tim then? If you know your because rugby? you don't ask the right questions. Ask stupid <laughs> questions like how many points were scored. Uh, you need in, to go really niche. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't remember scores. I remember where players have been and what they've done. Here's a question for you that I was going to ask right. before. By the way, I'll definitely get it right. Who? Where is Paul Gustard now? It's not Zebra, is it? It's not Zebra. It's not Benetton? Your beloved Benetton. He was at Benetton for a little while. Is he at like Russ? Is he in front somewhere? Interesting. Tim, uh, you know? Stad, 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 sorry, sorry, Stad, what, sorry Stad I missed that. I'm Stad distracted. What are you saying? JB's already answered it. Yes, he is it's... at Stade Francais. He was at your beloved Benetton for a couple of years. He's now a defence coach at Stade Francais. Who was second in the table. And he's brought in or... Um, in part of the swing for Marchant going there, evidently, which Ooh. is interesting. I th- I thought he was still at Benetton. Yeah, well, I, I, I was. I actually wasn't certain. I was. I was going to ask before. Is he still at Benetton? No, but no. So um, he's going to acquire a very interesting CV, isn't he? He's had huge success with Saracens. Did okay for a little bit with England, then didn't. Um, actually no because you got it's, p- it's more, more, more good than bad much more no, no, good because he got bad. picked up by Harlequins on the strength of a yeah. good showing yeah yeah uh, he, he was, went, he he was went, signed for England when, uh, signed for Harlequins when he was still at the yeah he's at right, England right was the still at the top of the way he wasn't uh, downfall uh, every, uh, these, but, these are peaks and troughs uh, but hang on Tim hang on, hang on. <laughs> he's, he's on the way but back hang on he also was in charge <laughs> at Benetton when they did great things like win yeah. the Rainbow Cup Rainbow Cup and that's quite cool and now Stafford on sale second yeah so imagine if he top if he gets the top top 14 it's you know, it's a great comeback story. Uh, yeah. Now he, he was only an assistant coach at Benetton, not head coach. M- same as Lancaster. Yeah. So he, he he's probably one of those where he's he's good and up to a point. The Peter, Peter principle. Mm. Everyone gets promoted to their level of incompetence. Yeah. Uh, should we run through next week's games? No. Uh, we've got to talk about the finish of this game. 
Go on. It's an amazing comeback from Quinns in the, that second half. And then they should have won it. Racing were down know. to 12 men, then they would still finish with 13 men. Why were they down to 12? There's three yellow cards. Oh, the TV only showed the two. No, yeah. As in, like, so I saw the third offence and I skipped forward 10 minutes, but the yellow card didn't show up on the uh, thing. So I, I thought, I missed oh, yeah, the penalty. Maybe, yeah, there's three. Oh. Finn Russell, the winger when Finn Russell knocked it on. So That's Finn Russell right, for yeah. the knockdown, the winger for the knockdown, and the Eddie Benaroos for the offense, mall, yeah. driving mall. Yes. Incredible, yeah, yeah. incredible scenes. Harlequin should have won that. Could have, would have, should have. Could have, would have, should have. And then, then it'd be um, looking possible for a home, home uh, last 16. Mm. Anyway. Right. Next week's fixtures, Tim. No, this week's fixtures. This week's. This week's fixtures. Talk H <laughs> won an incredible game, incredible hard-fought game against Bolton, 18-13. And guess who got man of the match, boys? Uh, your old of the match. star of star the match, of the no, match. man of the match, of the match. <laughs> your masculine hero of the game. Is it Wilco? Your your quality all um, all the ten. No, I say it was older. not. So, not yeah. that much old. He is he is a quality older ten. No two ways about it. But look, your your number eight, who's very good and can also hook. No, 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 not your not 15. him. No, not him. We're gonna, we're gonna go quite far, quite far down the line. Uh, was it was it, it your handsome? 30 scrums in, one push over try. Was it your handsome, um, combative, uh, sometimes argumentative, tight head prop slash winger? It was the tight head prop oh. slash winger. What a game he had. What, what a man. A, what a game. So that means we are now top of the table. Yes. Although, Come on, talk. if LSH win their next game, because they got called off, with a bonus point, they go top of the table. Ooh. But if... you got a game in hand, or have they got... They've got a game in hand now, so we're on... Yeah. Similar points we were ahead of them on points difference. Yeah. Aspel called off. Yeah. Um, so they didn't play. Tarleton called off. They've got two games now. If they win their two games, they'll be two points ahead of us in the table. Ooh. But we've still, still got to play Tarleton. Tarleton's still got to play LSH, the last game of the season. Oh. So things are hotting up. Talking of hotting up, um, Aylesbury have won six games on the bounce. Yes. Including an enormous win this weekend against second in the table. I think it's like 46-20 something. Awesome. Which is a huge win against Priorians. So that's uh, 43-29. Six games, uh, six home games? No, six six games unbeaten. But here's the one that I really wanted wanted to, to talk about. From David Doran. He is the president of... Old Windham. Let's get it right. Old Wim, 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 Wimbledon, Wimbledonians. 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 Uh, yes, I would say Wimbledonians is correct. Wim, Wimbledonians, right? So these guys are level nine. Hopefully, go, going up. Mm. Yesterday, they had a second, a second fifteen ready to go for the first time in seven years. But of course, pitches were more slog, so called, called off. On the same day, but it's a level nine club. One of their un- un- under-18s was playing for Quinns, and two of their former juniors playing for England under twenty uh, under twenties. So oh, awesome! If you want to know who the England who the Quinn is, it's a guy called Cassius Cleves. Who apparently- oh, he is a, a, an exceptional winger. He ah. so I've seen some like, A League tries from him. He is lightning. I've I've already googled him, so I knew about this guy before actually, and he's a big old boy. So, yeah. He, he is, yeah, impressive wingers, some wheels on him. And if I'm ever down in, 
at Wimbledon. I'll try and get a game game get game for their twos. Yes. Right now you can wrap it up, Tim. Well, no, no, <laughs> next weekend's games. That's great. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, you just do the English teams. Uh, I will just do. There's only so uh, twenty uh, million games. Twelve fixtures. Yes. So Friday night we've got two games, eight o'clock kickoffs. Leon hosts the Bulls. Bulls. Uh, whatever. Bulls. Uh, <laughs> That's Leon. Exactly how I feel. Leon. I don't know. Uh, and then let me just bring this to my other window so I can see the tables. At least there's one right game with lots riding on it. Leicester Ospreys is awesome. It so, is. I've got so a feeling Ospreys Leon, gonna win that. So Leon are tenth. Bulls are sixth. So Bulls. Leicester host Ospreys Friday uh, night, yes. Ospreys deserve to Third lose for their kit, which is oh, an absolute kit. abomination. It's not, that, Tim. That it's not. Kit is the equivalent of um, Alan Wynne Jones' hair, which is the equivalent of, of Justin Tipperick's rig. Boys, you've got it wrong. The Ospreys kit is perfect for Ospreys. That's going to be my first question to Toby Booth. Toby, um, <laughs> your thoughts on uh, Justin Tipperick's rig? If you had, and if, Alan Wynne Jones' hair. Got, I can see three problems. Which do you sort out first? <laughs> the kit, the rig, or the hair? <coughs> uh, then on to Saturday, we've got in the 1 pm kickoffs, Quins v Sharks, which in I mean, Quins have to win that. Yeah. Um, Sharks are looking for the home semi uh, quarter final and potentially semi final, uh, last 16, semi, yeah. uh, quarter and maybe semi as well if they get a five point win. Yeah, Quins, uh, Sharks currently unbeaten, one of uh, the six. And the same is true for La Rochelle visiting Northampton, who have very little to play for. Um, uh, yeah, Northampton currently. Dead last in Pool so B. Two away wins. Yeah, and North Northampton have this week was their first point <laughs> on the board. No, no, no. Save it for the next podcast. I know. Save it for the do, next podcast. Do, do you yes. know? Do you know what I know? I, I was saving it for the next podcast. Okay, Ooh. okay. Ooh. Yeah, no. Yeah, let's yeah. keep going. No, no, no. Stop. And never, yeah, we'll get Phil's going. reaction. No, we'll no. get Phil's reaction. We will get Phil's live reaction in a minute. We'll 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 break right. we'll, we'll break the news on the next. I part. won't refresh anything. Okay, That's cool. unbelievable. Shush, 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 shush. Uh, board uh, three o'clock kickoff. Three fifteen kickoffs are Bordeaux v Gloucester, which is a dead rubber. Dead game. rubber. Don't care. And Leinster v Racing, which Leinster will sweep home to get the top spot and make sure that they don't they don't play any more games outside of Ireland. Yes, I'm uh, in a state of shock. Five thirty p.m. <laughs> Exeter v Cast, Exeter will win, and Stormers v Claremont. Yes. Stormers will win. Claremont. Well, Claremont. Yeah, yeah Stormers, Stormers, will Stormers will win. And uh, <laughs> eight pm, the eight pm kickoff, which is a shootout for potential qualification. I'm actually quite looking forward to this. Ulster v Sale. Yeah, it's it would be tough. It would, it'd be tough, although with Claremont not winning, uh, yeah, it could it could happen. Okay, they could. Uh, I'll go for a home win. Um, Come on, Ulster! And Sunday, it would it would be incredible, if Ulster. Yeah. After coming top, oh, after coming top last season, unbeaten in the pool stage, and having the having the prize of playing Toulouse home and away yeah. and losing it, who qualified last, um, it could the same thing could happen again. Yeah. Totally. Although maybe it might be cross pool, but they might get the pleasure of playing Leinster or Sharks. Um. Anyway. Uh, I, uh, what I quite think, what I think is quite cool is as we go through these Sunday games, these teams are going to know not only what they need to do to qualify, but who they will probably play depending yes. on how various results go. Uh, Montpellier v Irish, a little bit of a dead rubber feel about that one. Um, yep, home uh, home win. Um, Toulouse v Munster should be tasty. Toulouse to win at home. Yes, Toulouse to remain unbeaten. Mon- Montpellier, um, they they will qualify if they win. Yeah, Irish, it's. Um, pretty much impossible for them to win. Yeah, uh, uh, for them to qualify. 
Uh, and then Edinburgh v Saracens, the final game of the weekend, which is a really good one to finish with. It is. Yeah, because Edinburgh, Edinburgh should qualify. They've already won two. But that could determine home um, semi-final for them or Saracens. Uh, home knockout stages. I cannot wait to start the next podcast, which will be in your feed, just to hear Phil's reaction to I am the news stunned. that JB and I know. Um, right. So you, will, you will never... I don't think you'll ever guess. So... Um, Interesting. Right, so listen to that one. Hit subscribe. More content at patreon.com slash egg chasers. Sub- uh, yeah, all that stuff. Let the boys play. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.